Watson. And I'm Bree Watson. You certainly are. I am. Well, Bree, we're constant struggling again. Yes. How have you been, well, struggling? Uh, oh my god, getting anything done right now. Like, at, at the end of a work day, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I'm quite tired. Well, <laughs> in the past, when I had work days. Ah, yes. I would get quite tired. Right? What's with that? Especially, like, now the weather is, like, darker when you get home. Well, maybe not when you get home. You get home pretty early. Well, by getting home, do you mean turn from the dining room table where I do my daily work? Oh, that's right. Are you, how often are you... Three days. Oh, that's not bad. Per week, yeah. It's, that you work great. from home instead good, of... Yeah. It's a good setup. Yeah. PJ working is the way of the present. Ah. <laughs> but, um, so you're still tired, though, after all that. Yeah, and then I get, like, the tsunami of the kids getting home from school. Right. I get maybe a three-minute break. Right. <laughs> By the time I'm done and Mac walks in the door. Uh, yikes. Yeah. What so What would you be working on if you had um, well, money? Oh. What energy and time? What? What? Oh, uh, I, I would start uh, getting ready for my NaNoWriMo. What? Oh. Oh. November. Yeah, National Novel Writing Month. Which is... Uh, November. Month. Right. Yeah. So I want to do one of those. Uh, so I'm just kind of brainstorming this month. Okay. Uh, I'm going to plot next month and then November just write. National. Na. Novel. novel writing. No month. Month. There you go. I know. Rhymo. I always saw it and I was like, what does that mean? It's now some kind I of delicious know. chocolate bar from out e uh, west. The west. Nanaimo. I know I want to partake in that competition. I'll do the Nanaimo <laughs> challenge. Uh, so yeah, that's what I got going on. And uh, um, I'm I handed out my book for editing. Great, but you don't have to do anything about that. You just have to wait for people to finish. Yeah, reading. So I got feedback for one for chapter one. Positive feedback. Uh, y yes. Productive feedback. Yes. From like, who? Um. Oh, uh, I guess I could update this bit. I went to the Mississauga Writers Group ah. on last Saturday. Well, that's fun. So it's just a bunch of Mississauga writers. Yeah, it is. Where do you meet? Uh, in a cave, and you have to know the secret password to get in. Is it Mississauga a, Writers Group? Yeah. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a Facebook uh, invite thingy. Um, yeah, and it's at a community center. Oh, nice. So that was good. And uh, yeah, interesting feedbacks about my, uh, my tents. Like yes. first, per it's a third person. I maybe um, they, there were too many tents. In no, your... it's not tense enough for the okay. opening chapter. So I'm gonna ratchet up the tension on that one. And I gotta watch around from, uh, like, don't bounce around from characters' heads. Oh. Uh, well, like one, there was one character bounce where it should have been more clear. Ah. So, uh, like, yeah. Whose head am I in right now? Yeah. Right. So I mean, that one's easy to fix. Yeah. I, you know. Uh. But yeah, that's uh, my tenses. I thought it was okay. I kept everything present, present right. tense, like because I'm kind of wanting it to read like an action story, right. kinda. This is happening right now. Yeah, so right. I gotta watch around. Like, uh, my narrative, my narrator has to uh, has to focus in a bit more on the story. Okay, well that's good to know. Yeah, Dina said she's been enjoying it, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yay! Can't, Yay! Can't wait for that feedback. Um, and that's my update. Great. How about you, Brie? 
I just shot a commercial. Yay. Was that what that picture was on the Facebook? Yeah. Of you looking like an awesome 80s, 80s news anchor lady? Yes. I'm so glad you said that because that's exactly what they were going You for. were like Ron S. Burgundy. <laughs> I loved it. It was so good. I can't really talk too much about what it was for or anything like that, but it was very 80s and it was so much fun. And it was, uh, it's going to be. Is it for a project that's maybe 30 seconds long? What? No. Oh, I thought it was a commercial. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, some of them are shorter now, though, with the internets and whatnot. Oh, like the little 15 seconds? 10 seconds, even five seconds. What six, a world we yeah. live in. Anyway, I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, it was fun to shoot. All right. A real commercial. Did they pay you in Canadian dollars for they this? They will. Okay. But, yes. All right. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, it was fun. I want to do it. I want to play dress up all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, good good experience all around. Where, oh, where, for sure. Where'd you guys shoot? Toronto? At the Studio City in Toronto. Okay. Even saying that sounds cool. So right on the lake? <laughs> on the lake shore right. there, yeah. Oh. That was cool. Yay, Brie. Yay. Commercials. And then, other than that, it's just lots of, uh, I don't know, uh, lots of teaching. I'm teaching stand-up this term, which is cool. Oh, wait, where? At Second, Second City? Second City, yeah. Ah. So that'll, that's interesting. It's fun so far. It's so weird because, like, improv. <laughs> it's like, you know how we've been building community and really picking up each other? Yeah, don't do that at all. None of that. <laughs> it's just so, in, like, stand-up, everybody has such a unique style. And I guess eventually that happens in improv, but you because you're working together, like, you have to start from the same spot. Whereas stand-up, it's like, yeah, you could start, I mean, I guess you're learning the same stuff, but your style is always your style, so it's always going to be a little bit like, okay, well... I mean, you could write that. <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see what else. Uh, just improving and sketch. I've got a photo shoot for our sketch comedy show that we've been working on, the Utilidors, so that's coming up soon. You guys are doing a fancy photo shoot? Yeah. Oh. We have to do a fancy photo shoot. And, which reminds me, I have to put black uh, dye spray paint on my point shoes. Yay. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, tap dancing. Okay. Point shoes. Yeah. Ballet. Ballet. Yes. Okay. Uh, Ballet. Yes. What else? Oh, oh, just a bunch of just a bunch of improv, a bunch of all kinds of stuff. All right. Yeah. This episode coming up is pretty fun. Speaking I was gonna say improv. maybe maybe we should talk about what we're gonna hear. Yeah, it's our episode with Grace Smith, uh, who's an improviser and a doctor, <laughs> a PhD. Yep. That's crazy. I think our first doctor yeah, on the show. Yeah, I don't think we've had any doctors on here. Which is good, because you suffered that massive coronary halfway through the... Uh... The episode. If she hadn't been there, what would have happened? Uh, I'm going to a doctor's wedding this weekend. Two doctors. Anyway, so many to... doctors. <laughs> Too many doctors. Too many doctors. Let's write a TV show called Too Many Doctors. Uh, no, this episode is great. We hear a lot about uh, Grace's experience with uh, the theater, with uh, academia... Learning about the theater. Learning about the theater. And then doing the theater. And then theatering. Theatering. Yeah. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, take a listen. And we'll talk to you later. Welcome. Yeah, welcome Grace Smith to Hello. our podcast. Yeah. 
exactly. Golf clapping. Yeah, everyone, just a little like play. Everyone, clap. let us know you're here. No, <laughs> we don't want you to draw attention to me. No. Grace, how are you? I'm excellent. Feeling good. Looking good. <laughs> Hydrated. No, perfect. Can't go wrong. I'm already. Those are all the good things that people can do these days. That's it's all the best you... you can hope for. It's true. It really is. I'm gonna say I'm already mad at myself because I was like, I'm not gonna forget to take a photo as soon as I get in. I'm gonna take a photo, and I didn't do that. Well, we so. can. We can literally but do now it. we're recording. I feel bad. That's even better, though. <laughs> the power of technology. Oh, for okay. crying out loud. Okay, you're going to enjoy this listener, this wonderful... Oh. oh, here we go. There we go, while we're doing it. Perfect. Wonderful. <laughs> that was beautiful audio. And then when I edit it, it'll make it sound like we did it so quickly. Oh, like we're professional. <laughs> Be like, oh, let's do it, Snap. Here we are. We're talking to Grace. Grace! Yeah. Grace. It was a one take selfie. I just <laughs> want to point that out. <laughs> how, many self- how many takes does it usually take you? I take... Many 20 to oh, 30. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, I want to catch like a good, like, natural moment in my <laughs> yeah, selfies. Right. You don't want it to look too forced, but. No. And I do it 50 to, times. I forget <laughs> to look at the camera most of the time. Right. On the 40th one, I will oh, be like, right. oh, the camera's there. Right. It's the nature it's of the medium. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I love it. Okay, Grace, tell us a bit about yourself and your art. Yeah, your grace. Your grace. Your grace. Oh, let me tell you. Um, in school, when you were a clumsy teenager, having the name Grace oh. could be used ah. against you a whole lot. Oh, no. A whole lot. Teachers love to make a pun oh, to no. punish you. Uh, to punish you? Ah. Oh, uh, we won't I'll do better than this. The podcast's <laughs> over now. It's all downhill for yeah. me. What would you like to know? You're an actor. You're a comedian. An improviser. Uh, and so much more. So much writer, more. Of course, I bet yeah. if I did less of those, I would be better at them. <laughs> but instead, I like to do everything that's we, interesting. Yeah, to we me. need well-rounded performers. You know, yeah. but it just proves you're not lazy. <laughs> like <laughs> those other one omni stuff. Yeah, exactly. People who only Wait, no, act, no. snore, exactly. get out of nothing, here. Nothing. I'm never gonna win a slashy about, that way. Honestly, no, but they'll slashy? win other yeah. awards. I don't yeah. know what that is. <laughs> I think it was from Zoolander. Uh, it was like an actor oh, slash model. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but everyone kind of looked down on those. Um, <laughs> they did, well, he did it. <laughs> and he worked on Blue Steel. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, Welcome oh, to the Zoocast. Oh. <laughs> welcome to the, the Zoocast. Zoolander <laughs> fan appreciation <laughs> pod. All right. No, okay. We can start. We can start. Well, okay. Did you do Did you do acting and stuff when you were a kid growing up? And you were talking about teachers and being clumsy. Did yeah. that translate to your... <laughs> activities in school yeah I um I confounded my mother because I was the most quiet shy child like I was uncomfortably so like once I I got locked on the school bus overnight because oh, no. I was so oh, quiet that the, uh, not overnight okay. that I somebody fortunately saw me <laughs> but I would have been overnight oh, if God. no one had been around oh. um because I was so quiet and I so didn't want to bother anyone mm. and I didn't want to cause a fuss I was always trying to be so good so one time the bus driver forgot I was on the bus oh, went God. past my house and I was like oh I won't say I'm sure oh. he knows <laughs> I'm sure he he's an adult he knows what he's doing yeah. and as he got farther and farther away I'm like this any moment now he'll realize I'm here I don't want to cause a fuss and then at a certain point you're like well now it's embarrassing to say anything I am five years old as I'm thinking all this so got locked on locked on the bus and um 
Fortunately, after he left, another bus driver parked their bus next to that one, noticed me on the bus, (laughs) and was like, oh man, (laughs) someone's getting fired. And so then. I never saw that bus driver again. No, he kept his job. It was wild. You wouldn't today. (laughs) No. Um, No, but back then, no one cared about kids. Oh, not like today. (laughs) Um, You'll walk yourself home. You'll be fine. Yeah, Yeah, I was a latchkey kid. Um, But yeah, so I got dropped off. Is that not a latchkey kid? Yeah. What's a latchkey oh, kid? Oh, yeah. That's it's, not a, well, kind of us, but mom worked at school, so. Oh, so somebody Yeah, let yourself right, in. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, you you yeah. have a little key, like you have a little key on a necklace around or your neck, and like, you let, because you get home before your parents. That so. makes sense. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, so I got dropped off several hours late that night. My mom was freaking out. Oh. And um, I got sent to a child therapist after that for like how to get her to like, we need her to at least speak up if she is in danger. Right. Um, so I was that like li- that painfully shy. Oh, so and... people did care about kids. Yeah. I mean, uh, they didn't like help, but they tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then every time my mom would take me to like kids theater or something like that, I would change completely. Mm-hmm. I would get on that stage. Right. Like they would ask for a volunteer, but like anyone want to volunteer? <laughs> the other kids would raise their hand and I would just already be halfway on stage <laughs> running. My mom would like turn to where I'd just been sitting and just be like, you were gone. It's like like you a were- puff of smoke. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little gray shaped puff of smoke already on stage. And I think, and she was like confounded. Cause she was like, this makes absolutely no sense to who right. you are in the rest of your life but sort of everyone realized that um that was that was a good outlet for me and I've always liked like theater and performing because I felt like the thing I was lacking in the rest of my life were like rules around when I was allowed to talk and when I wasn't whereas on stage it's like oh you're on stage it's your turn to talk everyone else has to shut up they're the audience and you have a nice little piece of paper that says what you're supposed supposed to say say. so i found it quite like that was my chance to be the center of attention because i never got to be most of the time you from a big family no um i have one younger sister Oh, okay and that's it i don't know where i i don't know i don't know i'm a mystery i'm (laughs) uh who knows uh uh if the child psychologist I'd gone to had been good at their job, they might have figured out where this had come from, but I still I'm don't so know. I'm so sorry. I just work at a Kmart. I'm not actually... <laughs> yeah. I'm very nice and I listen, but I'm not qualified. I can't tell you what's going on. Um, oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. But so then... But the problem is, as in Hel- I grew up in Halifax. Okay. And there's not a ton of opportunities there to take acting classes, to do theater... Uh, there's not no such thing as like an arts high school there. Right. I thought that was made up for the movie Fame. <laughs> it's like what a fun fictional world. <laughs> and um, so I think maybe it's changed. I think maybe yeah. there's more in Halifax now than there than there certainly. There's got to be a Fringe be. or some kind of show. There's, well, there's def- definitely a Fringe. The Fringe <laughs> is happening right now. Uh, it got um, this will place the recording of this <laughs> podcast in a date and time. Uh, a bunch of shows just got canceled because oh, the Hurricane Dorian yeah. went through. Um, and I did, like, there's there's opportunities. There's just not as many as in Toronto. And my oh, parents well, yeah. didn't have a ton of money, so they couldn't send me to super right. expensive theater camp. So I sort of um, didn't get into it in a huge way until uh, high school, uh, where I tried out for some... I don't even remember. I think my aunt heard about this on the radio. CBC, somebody at CBC was doing an audition for, like, a bunch of teens to be in a film, and they would help write the film, and mm. then... Or, or be in the development of the film. So I got picked for that and ended up in this really intense, like, fun, but 
still not entirely sure what it was, <laughs> like process of creating a short film about teenagers huh. that was supposed to last one summer and ended up lasting like three years. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, the film uh, did eventually came out. come out. I was almost entirely cut out of it. Oh. <laughs> but it was my first taste of like, acting that wasn't just like get up on stage say some lines it's a school play but yeah. like with a director who was more serious about it um, you got paid for that i did good <laughs> i i got paid for the shoot i didn't get paid for those other three years ah. oh. oh no maybe she'll hear this <laughs> uh, but i get a, i got a lot of free acting classes and stuff like that so right. um okay but um the cbc's growing people up <laughs> hey <Wah. laughs> the news comes out gray smith makes wild <laughs> accusations against cbc Nah, they don't. They can't uh, yeah. afford legal action. Uh, <laughs> and our podcast is super lawyer. Yeah, dog, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. We got you covered. I also, <laughs> my high school did school musicals a lot, but I'm okay. not a musical person, so I, I who is? Am I right? Am I, what? What is that? Um, I don't get it. It's pure black magic. I don't understand rhythm. Why are these people singing? They just tried to buy musical instruments from a fraudster. <laughs> I was complaining to my boyfriend about how you can understand like music time. I was like, he was like, you know, there's like five, four, and there's four, four, and there's, I was like, That's but how do you want, know when to start counting the four and when it's a new four and when it's a five and not a four? Because you're just counting. And he was like, do you want the actual answer to that? And I was like, no, I want to complain. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, don't try yeah. this with me. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So you didn't take music, you didn't take music, but you took act. But did, did you do any of the musicals? I would get to be in the chorus. Because right. that's where they put the people who can't sing, you know, in the purely singing part. <laughs> um, <laughs> You'll drown me out with the rest of them. Yeah. But I was real good at shoving my way to the front of the ah. crowd. Um, my mom did comment on one of them she was like wow you were always at the front good job sweetie <laughs> and i would always manage to be like if they were like oh we need someone to say this one line I'd be like, Me, <laughs> please um and but yeah so that it was a lot of that and then taking part in this like cbc funded thing that's um, interesting the yeah. cbc thing that it lasted three years to like follow you as you like grew up came of age or yeah that's sort of the point of it or kind of like it it was it ended up being about um the the sort of turning point between like high school and university which mm -hmm. was what a lot of us when we started this development process were in that spot or about to be in that spot and then by the time we filmed it we all kind of had moved past that so i think she re like the director really wanted to get it filmed before we were all way too old yeah. right to be in that in that spot um and uh so even though i didn't end up getting like a huge portion of screen time or anything in that it was still a good taste of um uh, like on screen on screen acting and also yeah. like um again just actor training that was a bit more about vulnerability and a bit mm. more about breaking through barriers i don't think i was ready at that time to have that kind of training i right. think i resisted a lot i wasn't like I think a lot of people will, um, in their actor training, will face when they come across a, their own limitation or emotional barrier, are, are like a little afraid, but like excited to break through. That's kind of where I am now. At the time, I was like, no, please let me keep this barrier. Right. <laughs> it's the only thing that's keeping me safe. So I was really like resisting a lot of the training I was getting. Hmm. And I don't think I was ready for it yet. Um, which, you know. Not everyone's ready for. Sure. Were your like, parents like big, like encouraging you to, to do the arts and performing and stuff, or 
did they want you to do so? This is a leading question. Uh, were they? I'll just leave yeah. it there. Did they encourage you to like to act? I think they they encouraged us to follow our interests. Right. Um. They're my mom is a big um. She's a big reader. She loves literature. She loves reading. We both we both love books and movies. Um. But she and my dad are both like they don't love being in front of people. So they're not. Any encouragement came purely from me being like, I want to do this. Um, But they were supportive in terms of like making sure I got to these these meetings um, for the CBC project, making sure I got what I um, needed and generally would just follow my lead. I did every once in a while beg them to be like stage parents and take me to a ton of commercial (laughs) auditions. And they were like, absolutely not. That sounds miserable. Right. So they were also very like. You know, we want you to be a kid, and yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, at the time I was furious, right? But now I'm I like, want to sell toothpaste. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was a beautiful baby. I could have been in toothpaste commercials, but now I'm like, no, that's that's pretty reasonable. And I and again, I don't think I was um, a mature enough teenager to have handled that if they tried to. So I think right. they knew what they were doing. <laughs> and then when I got to university, I, I do think my dad wanted me to take something more practical so what did than you theater take? English. <laughs> <laughs> the most practical degree yeah. there is, damn it. Well, that's what you studied. I know. Yeah. Uh, and you're for sure working in English fields. Well, I yeah. speak it all the time. <laughs> all Use it every day of my I life. Do. <laughs> well, I ended up doing a double English theater major. That that kind of like, again, English seemed more legitimate to my dad. So that sort of satisfied him that I could right. do both. And which is wild because anything you can apply to with a theater, any theater BA you can or an English BA you can apply to with a theater BA. But oh, uh, you right. know, yeah. like if like you could go to law school with both of them, you can go to grad school with both of them. Yeah. Actually, law school would be pretty good. Yeah, I didn't do that either, but I could. <laughs> My lord, I object. Uh, so where did you go to university? Is still in the East Coast. Yeah, I went to Dalhousie University, oh, nice. um, which I went for theater studies not mm. the acting program um i wanted a more uh kind of broader theater education and also didn't get into the acting <laughs> program um but i ended up having the a really great time there i managed to get in at just a point in time in which there was an amazing set of professors oh, oh, cool. there there was a lot of um kind of old school ones who were great who were like teaching their maybe last year and a lot of really new ones coming in that were really eager and um that's a good mm. mix of like i don't care anymore and oh we're so eager to please yeah. maybe they're like it's my last year i've got to give it one last yeah i'm gonna rock. drop the truth on these <laughs> yeah. kids <laughs> yeah here's everything that i wasn't contractually allowed to tell you before where did the cigarette come from <laughs> <laughs> i conjured it yeah. why, do we, why do we all have sharing <laughs> And what is what do you have to so theater? Is it critique theater or? It's um I like I just want to point out because this is an audio medium the motion that Bree just made theater studies like hands out like I like like, it's in the air it's in the air I'm studying it here it is in front of me the the plays the like lights the everything it's all right in the air in front of us um it's a it's an interesting program there it's a mix of practical and uh, theoretical stuff so you get a class in dramaturgy Mm. you get a class in playwriting in direct acting oh cool um and then there's some electives like i took one acting class while i was there Ooh. there's a lot of history mm. um i wish i'd gotten to learn a bit more technical stuff there like like actual tech like hanging lights and stuff like that but 
you know, you can't get everything from right. every program. But the practical classes were really lovely. Um, Which one was your favorite? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, the directing class was one that at the time I was like, I didn't love. But now I realize it was actually a lot more helpful than I thought mm-hmm. it was. It was like a newer professor um, so it was his first year teaching the class. And I think, you know, I've now been that person first year teaching a new class, new to me. Well, you gotta, and, tr- you gotta turn your chair backwards. First things first. Okay, yeah. Good, yep. <laughs> well, you have I'm to wear a scarf. Sc- <laughs> you have to wear a scarf. Oh, oh. yes. Especially scarf? Director. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you have to say, um, elusive sentences <laughs> that won't mean anything till 10 years later. <laughs> You're planting the seed. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, uh, I think, you know, I'm sure he was still trying to figure out what this course wanted to be for him, but I remember he was the first person in all of my theater training so far to teach me that you don't always get things right on the first try Mm. and that you should be able to take criticism and try again. Right. So Mm. we had an assignment where we had to direct a scene, get notes from him, and then direct, redirect it essentially. And I got just reamed out on the first round. Like I got such bad feedback from my class, from him. (laughs) And, um, you know, up until that point in schooling, you kind of get one grade and then you move on to the next thing you you don't often get a second try at stuff yeah which i think is a bummer i think students could learn that like most of the time in real life you can try again at things um or you can do multiple drafts of things so i my my first instinct was just to run away and be like well i guess i'm terrible at directing (laughs) but i i i was also a little out of spite was like no i'm gonna prove to him how mature i am by going to him for extra help right um, so out of spite, I, I took a meeting with him and then ended up it being so helpful. Like he really was like, I'm sorry, I, we were a bit hard on you, but but here's how I think you went wrong with this thing, scene. Here's what I think you can do. Um, we talked a lot about how to build tension. Mm-hmm. And then at the end he said, and I, or, or maybe in the comments of the final scene, I think he said something like, I, I like applaud you for not running away from the bad criticism, yeah. but actually coming in and really trying to make it better and you succeeded. And, it, and That's fun- what directors keep trying to do over and over, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> it's almost like it's built into the medium of theater. Yeah. Yeah, and that was such a, I like, for every year I realized how much more useful that lesson was. At the time, I think I was still like a little like, he didn't think I was brilliant right away. Right. But that's not, you don't usually learn the most from the people who just like love you immediately. No, no they're not. They're, it's from yeah. getting kicked down and beaten up and dragged um, through the mud. It's from yeah. getting knocked down and then getting Get up it. again. And you're never going to get me down. Exactly. And then from drinking the night away. Oh, no, pissing boy. the night away. <laughs> oh, we're so close. That's a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing no. like capping off a bit by calling it a good bit. That That's right how there, you know. That was a good bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> handshakes, handshakes. <laughs> you can't tell that we're not doing we're it. It's audio very formal. <laughs> uh, oh, that's interesting. Okay, so directing. And what kind of, I'm curious as to like what kind of things like they were saying. Like how do you, how do you direct a director like what were they saying (laughs) Um, it was all we ended up all having to be kind of actors for each other and learn about how to direct actors um which some people in the class including myself kind of resented because we were all like oh the other cat has made an appearance (laughs) a cat um a lot of us were like, we're not actors, we're directors. That's why we're taking this class. We right. don't want to be actors. And he was like, well, you have to know what actors yeah. are going through. Mm-hmm. 
Again, another thing at the time, I was like, you're incorrect. And now I'm like, he was right. Um, womp womp. Yeah. But it was, a, it was just a lot of um, try, us trying stuff out and then everyone talking about what worked and what didn't. And then um, like a, le- a lot of little lessons on what makes things compelling or tense. Like um, I remember he threw a sort of clown exercise at yeah. us. To te- I, yeah. We've been watching a lot of it. Like. Oh, yeah. He just took us into a dark house. Oh, God. Um, there was a little sailboat floating around. Oh, dear God. Oh, George. <laughs> Run. Um, but like on, on vulnerability and how much and how to connect with an audience. Oh, um, and yeah, Nick, you probably don't know a lot about clown, but like, but at the core, that's what it is, right? Is really connecting with your audience. That's oh, way that was... more than uh, than just like straight comedy, you know? Yeah, like... I thought it was all about connecting with your self, like your oh. deep inner. Hey, buddy. Oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> it's a bit of both, like, but it's. Um... I didn't know about the connection bit. Because right, you'll always see, like, I think one thing that freaks people out is that the clown go- will go, like, into the audience and make very close, like, eye contact and interact. Oh, with, I'm out. Right? But if, <laughs> Goodbye but forever. If, but if it's a, you know, it's if it's, like, a clown, you know, like a, like a birthday clown, like, we don't want to see that. Like, no. that's terrifying. <laughs> no, yeah. get out of my face. But uh, but different, like, different clown is, 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 like, you could have a really cute clown, you know? Like, a little clown with pigtails. She doesn't have makeup. Like, she doesn't have the white makeup on. Mm. Just, like... You know, and she could be very vulnerable. At least I'm talking about my own. This is my own clown. <laughs> Just saying, my clown, very vulnerable. Uh, this uh, is a plug for yeah. Breeze Clown. I'm Next. Clown show. Uh, no, but uh, but you can, yeah, you can have very vulnerable clowns. And they're, like, Ken Hall is such a great example yeah. watching his improv. I'm taking his class right now, oh, actually. Early like today. It? I love it. This is a plug. This is now <laughs> the, the Ken Hall fan cast. <laughs> I, would, I would host that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, I would be on every week. Um, no, it's lovely. And I think, I, I, I took it to help uh, just, like, be more present in the moment, which is one of the things in I'm sorry, clowning. But, yeah, it's it's a lot of, um, I mean, there's so many different types of clown, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, I think in all of them there is an aspect of audience connection and an aspect of failure and um, taking what is there in the moment rather than trying to make the moment what you want it to be, right. which I really love and something is something I I have struggled with I think if when you're a person with um a lot of anxiety you write are... that down we're gonna come back to oh, that yeah he writes down whatever grace <laughs> just um but yeah I think a lot of um a lot of times when you have anxiety uh your your thoughts form into what does everyone else want from me mm-hmm. in this moment? What would a normal person do in this oh. moment? Um, how, like somebody says something to you, how would a normal person respond to that? Mm-hmm. Or as my brain goes, how would a human <laughs> respond to that? <laughs> uh, and and whereas as clown is a lot of... Um, you, there's just, no time to think. You can just be that. You have to like yeah. wholly immerse yourself in the moment. Yeah. There's no what is this supposed to be. There's just what this is. Right. And what are, now what are you going to do about it um, since your goal is to make the audience laugh. Right. That's like the very foundation of improv, isn't it? It's very, yeah, it's very it's like close right to improv. like right at the heart of it. Yeah. yeah. Almost everyone I know who is really good at clown is also really good at improv. improv yeah. I think clown, you're, clown's different, right? Because you're often, it's just you, right? It's not you and a partner. Your partner's kind of the audience. 
Sometimes there's parking. But yeah, there's, you're right. There are sometimes. Like but a it's, clown bit with parking with two people or with more. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think the connection is more your pair connected to the audience. Right. We're making a lot of statements about clown. I shouldn't. And uh, announce for the first time on this podcast, I'm not an expert in clown. That's okay. I did just start, but I do. I I like it a lot. I think it's so valuable. That and improv are so valuable for anyone who finds themselves having a hard time being present. Yes, being mindful. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I like that so much. Uh, what else did you write other than anxiety? anxiety. Okay, well, we can go back to anxiety. I want to go back to anxiety because right now uh, you're, we're on your your journey, your teleological journey. <laughs> uh, I want to. Uh, <laughs> I like I that it. word. <laughs> uh, I so okay. So we graduate or we graduate university mm-hmm. with our degree in theater yeah. studies. Yes. And then and then what? And then what happens? Well, then I I was at a bit of a an impasse because I really did want to I had all these friends graduating who were going into careers in theater going to try and apply at theater companies and audition for things or pitch projects apply for grants etc and I was so terrified of that I was just I remember just feeling very certain like I can't do that because of the anxiety because of the anxiety and I'm I'm real bad at just talking myself out of being qualified for things Mm. um without realizing that one called that's the imposter syndrome yeah yeah. Uh, (laughs) you're a white man you should be able to do anything Uh, you want okay (laughs) there's no mental health problems with white in the white men no no we're good we're good as long as no one looks any further into this it's all good yeah we're all fine thank you no more questions yeah. Uh, I have a feeling. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, imposter uh, imposter syndrome is is a thing I think about a lot. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's so I remember. But I remember also wanting to be in theater, involved in theater, but wanting something more stable. So I went into academia. Of course, <laughs> yay! Uh, little did I know that a mere you know by the time I finished my. MA and PhD that it would be a completely different scene like uh. academia has changed so much in those years it's gone from like in general or specifically in like theater in, areas in general okay. it's gotten a lot um less it's less of a stable career that people oh, can i mean okay. like almost every industry right now it used to be that you could get a job and keep that job for your adult life right and so like everything it's become um more of a gig economy right um, Ooh, okay oh get thrown around terms <laughs> like i know what they mean uh but yeah, yeah. Ooh, like yeah t- being a professor is just like uh, being an uber driver now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah uh it's not that di- well the because the thing is i remember seeing this uh, one of my professors in undergrad who would teach all these amazing classes but also direct uh the the shows that the acting students would do would direct shows outside and i was like that seems like a nice life to have your like stable during the year job but then go do artistic projects Mm. in the summer and it sounds like he never had time to himself (laughs) just working all the time oh my god yeah no um but that might sound nice to some people and i also don't think i like i i didn't at the time, I had so much energy. I was working all the time. I was right. like early 20s. I was like, yes, I'll be able to do this forever. <laughs> I'll never right. be tired. Um, right. So, uh, yeah. And I so that I was kind of like, I would like to emulate that career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so went, did a master's at Where UFT. You, okay. In? Uh, in a theater. Like okay. the, the, it's the, um, right now it's called the Center for Drama, Theater, and Performance Studies. Um, and the masters there, you don't so much specialize in any one thing. Like you can kind of choose your classes, but it's a more generalized, like one year program. Okay. And how did you find moving to Toronto? 
terrifying. Ah. <laughs> um, I actually, because uh, I'd lived in Halifax my whole life yeah. at that point. I'd never lived, I lived outside of my parents' home, like I had an apartment there, but mm. yeah, I never lived in a different, I never moved to a different province before. Okay. So, and I had a, I had a real breakdown. It was hard. Oh. I was Toronto's huge, it's right? Huge. Big smoke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big peach. <laughs> the big Windy Bacon? chestnut. Windy chestnut. There's a hog town. Yeah. The big hog town. The big ham. The big ham. Okay, um, yeah, because that's a huge adjustment, like Halifax, Toronto. That's, it's, yeah. Halifax is so, it's big, but it's like East Coast big, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, still it's very the cozy. city. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all my cousins there, when they visited us, they were like, we're going to the city. There's buses there. It's, it's very <laughs> exciting. But um, yeah, I, I really didn't think I would find it that hard. I was like, you know, a city is a city. I'd been to Toronto before one time. <laughs> and um, I won. The first thing I had to get used to was rents are so much, rent is so much more expensive here. Oh, right. Could I go back to those rents of 10 years ago? Oh, I would. Yes. Yeah. But um, I just wasn't, I, I, I don't know. I guess I just thought I would be able to find something a little more reasonable. Ended up moving into a basement apartment mm-hmm. at college in Bathurst that was more than I could afford, and yet I signed that lease anyway. We've Ooh. all been so there. So many of us have done that, yeah. yep. <laughs> and um, immediately got a cat, the cat who has appeared um, in Aww. the background of this recording, little uh, tuxedo fellow. <laughs> um, and then proceeded to, I don't know, I think like... This one just had like a, like, like maybe <laughs> she was dreaming about something, because she just went... <laughs> yeah, she'll have little little twitches yeah, in her sleep. She just like jumped and then went right back to bed. <laughs> um, awesome, awesome to explain for yeah. for a listener. <laughs> Audio okay, medium. Yes, uh, let's, okay, great. All right, yeah. move to Toronto. Yeah. So the, the I mean, I really enjoyed the master's program, but it was a lot. Like it's it's they expect a lot of you. You're working constantly. I'm also poor. I've just moved to a city right. where I don't really know anyone. I, I was uh, um, somebody I was dating lived here at the time, so that uh, helped. But still, you you know you go from having a whole support system to right. I, yeah. And and to all of a sudden, there's no one you you just don't have as many people you can call if you're in trouble or if you need to talk or you right. need help. Yeah. And so I I um, all my stress somehow from my you know this theater MA program somehow went into me becoming convinced that there was mice in my apartment. There was no evidence that there was. I never once saw a mouse there, but I became quite convinced and started um, sort of doing all these weird little rituals to try and um, ward off the mice, like um, taping off anything that even looked like a hole, even if it was just a scratch in the wall, like knocking before entering rooms. And then just started avoiding the apartment altogether. Um, and it, it got quite bad before I managed to get into uh, counseling at mm. U of T. For OCD. Um, no, I never, af- who knows, honestly. Right. Um, it might have just been that they didn't officially diagnose me with that, but it was okay. for, uh, I ended up doing um, CBT for uh, oh, yes. general anxiety. I love yeah. CBT. Where are you going? Uh, get a hoodie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it helped a lot. I'm like, <laughs> I'm offended. I'm just talking about mice. I gotta get out of here. Okay, no, that just because the the idea of a ritual sounds like something. I know. I am uh, often curious about whether, like, what that was and why it didn't come up too much in in therapy. Because I didn't end up going that long. There is a. The amount of cured. <laughs> I was cured immediately. No, the amount of free uh, counseling you get 
being a student there is limited to a Aww. certain amount. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, um, and I ran through it fairly quickly, but by that point was like in kind of fighting shape again. Oh, okay, and and was fine. I did. I had, will never live in a basement again. I can't no, do it. I understand it's, that. It's not great. It's not great. I can't, I just like and that's where we put Brie. That's <laughs> true. And I was not there very long. No. no. <laughs> um, there was also house centipedes in that apartment, and they Ooh. don't exist in Nova Scotia. Really? Oh, so we're used to them. Which one are those? The like the oh, all right. Right. Yeah, the ones that come out of the sink and stuff. They look kind yeah. of furry. Yeah. Yeah. They move like the wind itself. Cats love them. Yeah. My cat ate a bunch of them. Thank God. I was on the phone with my mom when the first one appeared to oh, me. Oh, there's a mustache <laughs> running through my apartment. I think I yelled, it's an alien. Say <laughs> her mom's going to be, oh my God, Grace, what's <laughs> happening? Move back immediately. Uh, is it yeah. something that they, like, you say it jokingly, but is it, have your parents been like, come back? Yes. <laughs> um, I think they all thought I was going to be here for a year, do the master's, and then move back. Right. Um, but I ended up, I, then I applied for the PhD program after that. At U of T again, At U of yeah. T again. Got into that, so ended up staying. And by the time, a couple years, like, it took fully probably three years for me to like Toronto. Mm. Uh, now I really like it. I wouldn't, I would move, you know, um, to another big city, but I don't think I could move back to Halifax. It's just too small probably for me. Gotcha. For my big city mind. <laughs> I need multiple types of shawarma. Yes. <laughs> I need 17 Starbucks with enough four block <laughs> yes. radius. Uh, I could check which one says the which one is the busiest line and go to that one. Speaking yeah. of shawarma, well, it has two shawarma places now. What the hell? I know. What anyway. am I doing in Mississauga? This is dumb. <laughs> How many shawarma places are there in Mississauga? I mean, yeah, there's one out. walking distance from my house. Okay, so there's and one. we've just learned of another one. So. Mississauga is a million, probably. Well, one of my daughter's best friends. Uh, their parents run a shawarma place. Oh, so I'm like, well, we're going to go visit your family, <laughs> yeah. family a lot We're going to uh, uh, foster this relationship <laughs> in a big Point way. Point the category, the kid's paying off. <laughs> <laughs> we're lousy with shawarma. <laughs> amazing. Okay, so you you, are, you have a PhD. That's amazing. Oh. That's very impressive. <laughs> it, it, uh, is this our first doctor? Our first doctor on the podcast? Dr. Pod! <laughs> this is the doctor fan cast um <laughs> we love um it's wild because it sounds very impressive and yet a common refrain is that the farther you get into grad school the more you know that you don't know right so you actually i mean coming back to the imposter syndrome you mm. actually get less and less confident in your the amount of expertise you hold on a subject yeah. the farther you get in because the more uh, sort of research rigor you learn, the more you realize you're never going to be able to fit everything into this dissertation. It's quite stressful. And and you really do, because of that, because you start to learn how much you don't know, <laughs> you start to really feel like an imposter. Right. Because you're trying to present this work to get approved, and you're aware of everything you've had to leave out of it to keep it in a reasonable length. And you're just like... You're aware that everything you've sort of had to make into a neat narrative when it isn't in real life. So, right. and it also, um, you know, most theater training up until that point, you're with people all the time. It's very social. Oh, yeah, but that you're basically writing a book. Yeah, you're alone and like in the library, but working on your own thing. Yeah. What was your dissertation about, if you don't mind my asking? I don't mind. Um, it's it was on the uh, professionalization of. Canadian theater, specifically Ontario oh. theater. Um, it was like, I, I'm a big fan of trying to find like little topics that 
um, that, you know, little topics like <laughs> theater in Canada. Right, that little... Um, but sort of little uh, areas of history that haven't been covered as much okay. and then try to fill them out a bit is one of my... Fa- I don't love going into like an overcrowded topic because again I, I maybe it's imposter syndrome again i always feel like oh, i have nothing new to say about right. this don't wanna, i don't want to argue with someone else about yeah you know, yeah what is and what isn't in this yeah. department or yeah what the yeah. first line of hamlet's soliloquy <laughs> means like well i think we've got it to be or not to be it's easy no but what he really meant was okay yeah right. okay what he meant was communism we get it yawn uh but yeah so um yeah, it, it, you just like a, again, you're by yourself a lot, and you and you kind of become more and more by yourself as as the research goes on because a lot of people e- in your cohort either finish before you, right. if you're me, because I took a very long time to finish, or you just like again you want to finish so bad that you kind of start canceling other projects just so you can focus mm. on this. Gotcha. And but then you start falling into the rabbit rabbit holes as well, like getting deeper into stuff. Well, or you you kind of realize you can't but then you feel guilty for cutting off those because again you're like oh i'm i'm an imposter for leaving out Ugh. that whole chunk right. of stuff which is important but i need to finish this chapter right and also then the only times you're seeing your committee are for them to critique your work which again my committee was lovely so helpful but it is hard when the only time you're seeing people is for the pure purpose of them right. pointing out flaws like, in well, your work. this needs work and this is wrong. And you're like, you're like fuck you, I haven't seen a person in three months. Pra- praise me. <laughs> and yeah, so you're just like, I worked for, for like eight months on this one uh, chapter. And again, I like I, I, I think my committee was more positive than probably a lot of committees are. They were all lovely people. And, and one of them had just recently finished his PhD. Okay. But again, the, it is their job to point out Right. holes in it yeah and so you're just like i guess i'll go off and work on this chapter for eight more months oh. other people i know have jobs and careers now um, right? yeah. oh yeah oh i mean but i didn't like so i learned through doing that that i don't want to be in academia because over the course of doing that it's hell it, it is it is i mean it's one it's so weird and loosey-goosey but also like strict at the same time like when you're actually working in the universities right so you're all again fostering the imposter syndrome you're always sort of like am i about to make a mistake like am mm. i about i i'm not qualified to be teaching this play to these kids like or kids 18 year olds um <laughs> yes. no, small yeah. children um and also i uh, um, oh, what was I going to say? Also, the yeah, the the um, as just a job that you can do to pay the bills, it right. has gotten worse. Like most people are really, rather oh. than getting tenured positions. Were you getting paid to do your PhD? Yes. Oh, nice. For most of it. Uh, right. The last year, I, again, had taken too long, so then had to pay tuition to do oh. my last year, okay. which I only realized a week before tuition was oh, due. Right. Uh, thank God for the bank. Um, <laughs> but I... Uh, yeah, so you yeah, so most people now who have careers in academia and have started recently are putting together a bunch of like little contract positions. Okay. And those right. don't pay as much right. as a tenure track class. So like all it, which sucks cuz these students are paying more tuition than right. they used to and being taught by people who are being paid much less uh, who don't have offices who are living out of their cars, basically. Capitalism, baby. That's late-stage capitalism. Am I right? Uh, Brutal. Yeah, so I was like, I 
was like, I don't want to work this hard and have this unstable a life for a thing that I don't even know if I like anymore. So I finished it because I like, I'm a completist. I like to finish things I've started. Um, And then just immediately fucked right off. Yes. Just set your diploma on fire. Yes. (laughs) I haven't picked up my diploma yet. It's still at the university. Every once in a while, they'll email me being like, It's it's absorbing more knowledge as you. Yeah. It's It's slowly eaten several desks. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, it's uh, pulsing now. (laughs) It's spoken a few words. Uh, Put on several Beckett plays. But it did teach me. Because I like to look on the bright side of things if I can. The whole process did teach me a, a few things, which is that um, like the reason I rushed into doing the PhD rather than taking a year off to think about it was I think I just like really wanted to to feel like I'm a very young person to be getting her PhD, and that it. makes me feel like smart and good. Anxiety. <laughs> yes. Oh, <right? laughs> um, and that idea that like, well, it's not this is what people will yeah. is what people will think of me, right? It's what mm. this is how I want to be. Yeah. yeah. And just like it's not enough to Guys, just achieve, but to achieve sooner and better than right. other people. You really had to try being a dude. Uh, <laughs> you don't understand, we have to work so much harder. Oh, it's just don't. Like, have you tried doing uh, that? Have you tried having a penis? What I wouldn't give for the confidence of a mediocre white man. Just throw out an opinion from time to time and don't back it up with any I, I, facts or figures. That's I'm going to make a Twitter account with just a oh, male yeah. avatar and see how many more likes my tweets oh, get. Well, you don't get tweets, yeah. You don't get likes, but you don't get hassled at all. Oh, well, this guy probably knows what he's talking about. Oh, he's a guy. Yeah. I bet that opinion's pretty sound. <laughs> now he's to retweet us, he must have done his research. <laughs> now to not check anything. Um, this guy said that. Anyway, <laughs> we could all yeah, do our keep going. man <laughs> impressions all day. We do. Great. Okay, so so when you left, uh, yeah. What what uh, what did you pursue? What did you um, go for? Well, I um oh I was ta- I was saying well, the two things I learned that helped me with right. that was like yeah um I learned that to stop trying to do things just because it I felt like it was gonna make me feel like I'd achieved something right like if anything because I was always so paranoid about wanting to be achieve stuff quite young because I thought there was Oof. expectations on me that just adds to the anxiety oh <laughs> does oh my it? god I'm getting older I have to achieve yeah. now I'm 25 <laughs> now I can't go back <laughs> um and that's what I actually remember thinking second year PhD when I had some doubts I was like well I'm 25 now I, I'm okay, too I'm in too far I'm right. the age of a normal doctor now <laughs> I'm not a young doctor um <laughs> And so, but that taught me that that's kind of BS. Like that you really, like you will not make good decisions if you are basing them off that. You will actually just end up kind of wasting time. Mm. Um, So, and I felt like this is in a way like, I don't know, a witch's curse or something placed on me that I am, (laughs) that I had to take up a huge chunk of my 20s on grad school in order to learn that it's okay to start stuff late. Because now I've started, I started improv when I was 29. Um, I started um, like, uh, doing a sketch like when I was over 30 like yeah. I, I and I just had to like you know what this made me have to be okay with that because now if I want to start anything new I'm kind of starting it late and that's fine <laughs> for a lot I think that, that happens for a lot of uh, women in comedy I see like women in comedy who are starting pretty late and I'm just saying that because I also started late. uh yeah I was 26 before I decided to look at it yeah uh 
is that yeah we we try to do a thing and then it's like this wasn't for me <laughs> yeah, yeah and we'll come Start. back to it but we come to it with a lot of really cool experience which a lot of like 18 19 year old bro dudes who are like i'm gonna do comedy have none of. what you're saying they don't have a lot of zero rich life. life experience <laughs> yeah. i don't believe that. I know. isn't that insane that an 18 year old man i know what i'm talking about <laughs> i've had hardships one time my mom grounded me <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> she found my porn stash. Um, Which but, is crazy because we live in a modern age. And I also feel like, I also, yeah, feel like a lot of women, uh, it takes that long for them to realize that maybe they're funny. Like, right. it's, I, I had a lot of male friends in undergrad and remember really internalizing, I'm not the funny one here. Mm. Like, they're the funny ones. They're the ones riffing and uh, pulling out references, you know, back when, like, references to TV oh, what, was the height of comedy. Yes. <laughs> and That's not a thing anymore? He takes out his stand-up set for later tonight, just crosses God everything out. I still uh, throw in a lot oh, of Simpsons yeah. references but, uh, as often as possible. Again, I, like, my... My I'm I'm bad at remembering stuff like oh, that. So right. I, my humor was never like I was never good at that. So yeah. to the, me that meant not. It didn't mean maybe my humor is different. Just like oh I'm not funny. Mm. Oh. And I think that's what a lot of women get is like it takes a bit of time to be like no maybe I am right. Maybe I was just hanging out with people who didn't foster that or didn't appreciate my sense it's of true. Humor. Like because like even if okay if you're a woman and you try riffing with a group of guys sometimes it doesn't go over well right. Yeah. Like you have to have the right group of guys who aren't assholes to yeah. Anyway, they they I don't make room or they're yeah. like. They don't make. Yeah. They don't have patience. Exactly. Like if you're, if you're like maybe a little more more timid, they're not gonna like give you space for your joke. <laughs> exactly. Okay, be... hold on. She's gonna say something. Everyone, shut up! <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Betty has a pun. <laughs> Come on, Betty. Well, I've forgotten it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm shy. I don't want to. That's true. I yeah. Yeah, for me it was like I knew I was funny. I just didn't know you could be a comedian. Oh, <laughs> I was that's just like that's a thing you could do. What? People will pay we, you. It, we grew up watching Evening at Improv. Like, what do you mean? You I didn't, didn't watch Im- Evening at Improv. Oh, were you in bed by then? I was probably okay. In bed. Sorry. And also, the parents would never have been like, "Oh, comedy. There's something you should oh, pursue." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, sorry. It was something we weren't allowed to do. Yeah, well, it wasn't even. I didn't. I was like, yeah, I knew people were on Saturday Night Live, yeah. but I didn't see any kind of process the, where the like. I could pursue something similar, you know? Not, yeah. I'm not saying I'm... Any, no, I'm not going to be on hey, Saturday. no imposter syndrome in this <laughs> room. This is so old. Uh, but it's still, yeah, it's the... Uh, whereas you're in theater, so you probably saw, like, people do all kinds of different... Or take all kinds yeah. of different... Uh, theatrical choices (laughs) so many choices big ones small but i do think also i i didn't i also there was like a chunk of the process i was also missing i think that's why i was so scared to when i got an undergrad to go apply for things and apply for grants and like because i i didn't i didn't even know what that looked like i think uh, also because i was still outside of class pretty quiet i didn't manage to form any really strong mentor relationships in undergrad where i could just ask someone, right. how do you apply for a grant? How do you apply for a residency? I tried sending very sad little emails to all these theater companies when I moved to Toronto, being like, hello, I am a, <laughs> I'm from Halifax. I have a theater degree. Please hire me for anything. And they were all like, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll eat you up. <laughs> I did end up getting a bartender job at Factory Theater. That was right. the closest. Yeah, that was fun. Um, 
uh, that kept me from starving for many a month Yay. when I first moved to it. So thank you, factory. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then when so then when I finished the PhD, oh, that the other thing I learned, I kept saying there's two things I learned was that um, you don't that I'm an adult and I don't have to explain my choices to people uh-huh, yes. because I kept really worrying about leaving academia that I didn't have a good enough reason right. to leave. And that I needed to have another thing waiting for me to leave. Right. And I remember being like, oh, if I could just get, like, an audition or something, then I could be like, I'm leaving for this. Right. And I didn't, I had, like, stuff going on, but I didn't have any huge impressive thing. And, but I, again, I'd started going back to therapy and really, like, started to um, love this idea of, again, I'm an adult and I don't owe anyone an explanation. So I went into that last, into, into my thesis defense, defended successfully, went out for a drink with everyone. And they were all like, what are you doing next? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Sip wine. Oh. And they were all like, cool. Yeah, we'll see. They were, and one of them even, I, I just, I, and then I chatted a bit about what I had going on, but really did say like, oh, I don't, in academia, I have no idea. Maybe right. nothing. And left it at that. Then chatted a bit about, again, what else I had going on in my life. And I remember somebody on my committee said, you people are really worried after the defense of what they're going to do next. You seem fine and i was like oh yeah because you're so focused on just getting the thing done yeah i was so relieved to have it done but also again had felt like was suddenly just feeling really confident in it's fine to not know yeah like it's i was so excited to not know what i was going to be working for for it took me eight years no seven years seven and a half years to finish that phd so for seven and a half years, I knew what I was going to be working right. on the next yeah. month because it was always the dissertation. Oh, yeah. And I was so excited to be like, I can just start writing a play next month. Yeah. I could just like audition for a thing and get it and do that. And yeah. I hadn't been able, it was like a weight off my shoulders. Oh, I bet. Yeah, it was, I remember um, doing a, a film project, to cut, like right before I defended, but after I'd submitted the final dissertation. So basically I'm done. It's approved. I just have to do the defense. Right. Um. And I was, I was working on this film project and just walking around set between takes, trying to find like a bathroom with my co-star. And I just had this thought of like, all I have to do today is remember my lines for this show <laughs> and like fuck around with the other actors behind the scenes. That's all I have to do. That's a good day. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> like for this some is people, beautiful. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Because, yeah, to know you don't have to go home and, like, work for eight hours straight on a... <laughs> yeah. yeah, and even when you're, like, you don't relax the right. whole time. Because even if you've, like, planned, like, oh, if I get this much done this week, I'll relax on Saturday. Right. But even if you do, you you're have... like, but I could get ahead. Yeah, yeah. I still have this giant thing yeah. looming. <laughs> it takes up a lot of, um, like, storage space in your brain. Like, it's just yeah. sitting there. yeah. It's hard to get space, I guess, if you're just like, oh, I always have to work on this. There's yeah. Always. It's like your yeah, your brain feels like a very old laptop. That it's just like there's all these old files clogging Must up. Must defrag yeah. of my own brain. Yeah. And then defending is just like like getting a, a brand new laptop where you're like, oh, there's no old baggage on this. Like everything's fine. Um, oh, that must feel so good. I know. It really does. So much brain porn. <laughs> I really need to factory reset my brain <laughs> uh so so what did what did you pursue after that well that um let's see what was i doing around that i'd started like around the last year or two of the dissertation i started taking improv classes cool. again i was just feeling so like lonely and i was just like i need people like i need mm. 
And it's, you, where'd you go? Second City? Second City nice. first. I took an acting class and, an, like, on a whim signed up for an improv class. Okay. Who was your improv teacher? Uh, Carrie Griffin. Aww. So, like, first out of the gate, oh, you get an goodness. amazing teacher. Yeah. Um, had so much fun and really did think that was, I like, that was such a whim. I was, like, again, at, like, nor. I was about to say normal acting, but like dramatic acting <laughs> right. was where I was comfortable and I was sort of like, oh, I'll take a class in that to refresh. Right. And then I was like, well, if I'm at Second City, yeah, I might I'm as well take, yeah. throw yeah. in an improv yeah, yeah. class. And then ended up enjoying that so much um, that I took the second level of both, but then just continued on with improv, with improv. after cool. that. Did you, you did the whole improv program and did you do the conservatory as well? Yes. Right. I actually, though, I waited until I was done my dissertation That's to do that. Yeah. Um, Cause I was like, I just, I want to be able to concentrate on that when I'm doing that. Yeah. It's a big commitment. Like a yeah. year. Yeah. But then also I, um, it was funny because I, so I took ADE and all my friends were auditioning for con. But I thought, um, no, 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 I'll wait. So I took then a, a bunch of long form classes right. and some classes at Social Capital and was just doing shows around them. Finally had submitted my full draft. I was like, okay, now I feel ready to audition. Right. And then it probably took me four times to get into <laughs> conservatory. Um, but again, there ended up being uh, a more kind of like little dissertation threads to clean up. So oh. really it was, it was actually a blessing in disguise. Well, it worked out when it was supposed to. Yeah. But you try telling me that on audition of number course. three. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's when I realized I have a lot of anxiety around auditioning. Uh, of because course. It's a stressful it's time. A stressful. Oh, especially improv auditions. Can yeah. we talk about improv yes, auditions can. for yes, a hot second? What's a, yeah? It's crazy. They're the worst. Yeah, you you've no control over it. You can't prepare for it. You obviously. <laughs> There's so much riding on everything, every decision you're making, completely off the cuff. Yes. Which I know is improv, but yes. still, normally it's like you do a show, a scene is bad, whatever. Yeah. Who but cares? here it's like if you yeah you do a scene, it's not great, and you don't get to yeah. be in the conservatory. Yeah. Yeah, and you and feel them watching every choice yes. you're making and being like, no, that was bad improv. <laughs> Have you read Mick Napier's book? I have it. I okay. will read it. <laughs> Mick Napier has this beautiful, and I feel like I should, I feel like it's like a secret, but it's not a secret. Mick Napier has this beautiful book, uh, and this, there's a section inside of it about like comedy auditioning, and mm -hmm. particularly improv auditions at the Second City, that I'm like, this is a beauty. Read it like before your audition, and then you'll go in with like the right mindset. Mm -hmm. And it's insane. It, it like changed the game for me completely. Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, means that it really turned things around. Yeah, like you. as soon as I sort of looked at it that way, because there's there's what we teach you in improv, and like this is how you're supposed to play, and this is how you're supposed to do, and you've got to take care of your partner, and yada, yada, yada. And then there's like improv audition where the, the number one priority is, are you making these people laugh? Are you mm -hmm. funny? Mm. So like there's like... Gotta so, kill. Yeah, which is with a completely different mindset to oh, go yeah. out there because yeah. when you're looking after your partner, you're connecting with your partner, you're like, I'm here with you. We're going to make yeah. something beautiful. It's no. going to be art. It's going to mm -hmm. be wonderful. Uh, and it might not be funny, but it might be like meaningful, right? Because yeah. you're there with your partner. Whereas he's saying, go in there, fucking crush. With yeah. Laugh. Just go be hilarious. that's what they're looking for. That's yeah. They want somebody... Yeah, exactly. Maybe not so much in the conservatory, but I guess if they're... Yeah, in the conservatory. You need a murderer. Yeah. You got to hire a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want a literal murderer. Like, anyway, so I, I yeah. thought that was interesting because I was like, well, I've been following all the rules. Like, <laughs> you know? And, and well, we're looking for someone who breaks the rules. Oh, isn't that crazy? It's like, learn all of it. And then in this particular audition beat everybody up. yeah it's all about you now yeah. be the best one. well I, what i ran into with them is again the old anxiety thing of like being kind of disconnected from your body and almost sort of like yeah. like like uh um out of body 
sort of thing. So, like, the first audition I did, I don't remember. Like, it... I don't know what was coming out of my mouth. Oh, I didn't. I was. No. I felt like I was like. I talked so fast, but I it felt I'm short. And like, the improv. And like I think, and my my nervous kind of tick is is to just talk. So I think I, I think if I were to be able to find a video of this audition, I was just going into scenes and just blah, 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 not letting my scene partners get a word in. Making no sense. I'm sure. That's uh, crazy. So then I got rejected and was like, okay, fair, fair, fair. Um, you have your meeting and be like what happened oh i just i that one i got some email comments on okay. went back again and had the same thing and, that, and that's when i was like oh something's happening here like i'm right. not myself in these auditions Interesting. like because yeah. i remember i kept thinking it'd be one thing if i felt like hey i did my best and it wasn't good enough yet. I'll keep working. But I just kept leaving being like, no, well, that's the, actually not yet. the improv I normally do. Yeah. And and again, I would talk so much. And then I would suddenly realize in the middle of the scene I hadn't been listening for like a minute. Right. And I was lost because I was out of my body. And so finally, um, I... I came up with a little uh, trick that I now do at the start of auditions. Ooh, hot tip, everybody. Yeah. Listen up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get ready for this. Um, it's mostly just to, like, check in with, like, breathing, uh, with, with body, uh, brain, and the rest of the room. Mm. So the first thing I do is I will just, like, check in with, like, different parts of my body. Be like, fingers? Yeah, can I feel my fingers? Wiggle mm. them. Wiggle my toes. Can feel those. Breathe. I can feel that. Okay, I'm aware of my body. Then I will, like, just try to remember facts that I know I know. Right. Like, because that was the other thing is I would get into these and be like, I don't remember a single improv lesson I've ever learned. <laughs> what is, what is a thing I know? So I just try to remember things like, like random lessons I've been taught. Right. Like, don't ask questions. Like, don't, not, not to not do them, but just to be like, you know this. Right. Like, your you brain is working. objects work. <laughs> and then I would try to just clock things in the room. Oh, okay. Like, Oh yeah, the the wall, that wall is red. There's a piano over just there. Just to sort of bring to be present. Yeah. yeah, and then the only thing I would do after that is just listen really hard to whoever was talking. Interesting. And that um, that was the first time I went into an audition. It was like I did a scene like like Grace does a scene. Yes. And now if I get rejected, at least I'm being rejected for what I actually do, and not some Frankenstein right. of a shambling zombie of a scene. Oh man. And then I finally, that time, uh, the first time I tried that, uh, I, I got on the wait list and then got in the next time. Okay, great. So it what was... What was your show called? My show was Welcome to Skit Row. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a contentious decision. <laughs> uh, half of our class wanted to do a very traditional kind of Second City sort of wordplay title. Right. And the other half wanted to do um, like sort of a postmodern, just like... Um, I remember one of the titles. Um, this my my sketch partner Gabe, I think came up with this one. So hopefully he'll forgive me for making fun of it. Slightly, but it was like, the title was like, twenty four chicken nuggets for three ninety nine, <laughs> and it got a lot of votes. Yeah. And I remember thinking like that's very funny for like, um, like that's very funny. But they'll never let us go with it, so yeah. I'm not going to vote for it. Right, uh, being a practical sort of person. <laughs> um, but then ended up having a great, a great time in con, and making making friends. And so I was like, then like, oh, this is nice because I met people in this. That's where I met Ophira. Right. So generally, hospital never would have happened right. if I hadn't have been in that class. Talk so. to us about generally hospital. Oh well, would you would know anything about that? <laughs> Lights on. <laughs> That's called stage management. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, 
uh, Generally Hospital was a show that I uh, co-produced and co-wrote with a bunch of lovely people and co-starred in that was last year, so 2018 at the Toronto Fringe Festival, and did, I'd say, reasonably well. You guys did very, very well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that actually, I think that was around the time I defended my thesis, so oh, I think man. I was feeling I was feeling pretty good. Um, but yeah, so Ophira and I, uh, so my co-producer on that, um, went through Khan, and again, and like, I love so many people in our class, but I, it was a lot of different comedic stylings competing and we also had one of the few classes where almost no one dropped out the whole year so we had fully 11 people for the final show yes. which is actually pretty rare i think at this most of the time you know how many we had we probably had 10 yeah anyway. yeah um i like i don't know why i always count the posters to see how many people <laughs> made it through the year i don't know why but it's i find it usually gets down to like nine like you right. know stuff comes up and yeah, exactly like that. but we were fully 11 a lot of super different um comedic stylings in the class some people who are louder than others um <laughs> as any class and and anyway um i think ophir and i realized that there were certain like of our kinds of scenes that we really wanted to get in the show you know we were only going to get so many in as with any class right so we would we always would sort of tuck away like uh in our show like whatever that is one day <laughs> we'll put these scenes in it and then we got into the fringe lottery like ophira did i um have a very very good track record of not getting pulled in the Toronto Fringe Lottery. I've entered almost every year since I've moved here. That's like have never still. once been picked. You know, the problem is I did it once and I got in and then we had to let our spot go because the sketch troupe I was in was... Thanks, guys. So they, I got... Uh, what's that thing? Blacklisted? No, not, not even <laughs> I got blacklisted. No, this is yeah. the thing where like it's like the euchre thing where it's like you do... Well, pass up a bow or lose for an hour. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was it's like, a big euchre of audience we've got. <laughs> this uh, is the euchre fan cast. Yes. No, so I think the idea is like, if you miss out on the opportunity, it's gonna be a long time before you. It's <laughs> like, and I have teamed up with two other producers where they've gotten picked on their first time uh, entering. <laughs> the last two fringe shows I did were uh, me. You know, making a sort of, uh, you're not supposed to make this kind of deal, but whatever, with another producer, like, we'll both enter the yeah. lottery, Whoever and whichever of us gets picked, we'll both go in on that show. Yeah. Um, and both times the other producer got picked. <laughs> so, yeah, so then... Um, At least, like, no, mm -hmm. both of you did, because then that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Then we'd also have to be like, do we both want to do shows right, exactly. or what? Um, so it ended up, it worked out. So, yeah, then we put together Generally Hospital, which is a sketch show uh, set entirely in hospital settings. Set in hospital settings. Yes. I have a PhD. <laughs> um, and a thesaurus. Um, but it was just like, it was a really lovely show to do right after finishing Con because it was so different. It was a smaller group. Mm -hmm. It was really self-driven. Um, just like different people and getting to do something that you have a bit more control over the final product. For sure. Um, and can make it a bit more, like, make it have a bit more of, like, a, a structure and theme. Again, you know, con shows are so often just, like, the best shows. That, right. The best scenes you came up with. Whereas this got to be, like, what do we want the show to say? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was obviously a theme, a strong theme. Obviously a lot of personal experiences brought into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we also, like, we talked a lot about what atmosphere we wanted to have in the room and that, right. you know, people are going to be sharing stories that are um, vulnerable mm -hmm. and we want everyone to feel safe doing that um, yeah so that was lovely I've also always loved Fringe um, I worked for them for one year uh, doing front of house management at the Peter Pasmarai main right. venue which was so much fun I worked again I worked at factories when they were 
they're still a venue, but I worked during the summer when they were a venue for Fringe. Okay. And have done it a few different years in a row. That was, generally hospital was the best <laughs> it's went <laughs> so far. Um, there were so many uh, uh, little babies on that show who were like, this is my first Fringe year. Is this yeah. how it always is? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you sweet summer child. <laughs> no, you weren't there during the dark years of Toronto Fringe. Oh, man. Um, yeah, some shows. It's, yeah. but that's um and also like that's how i learned that i do have to avoid reading reviews yeah hate reading reviews while the show's on when it's over when a run of a show is done i will read reviews Mm. fine that makes sense yeah conan doesn't read anything so there you go you're right up there with conan well it's good enough for conan (laughs) i think it's good enough for grace (laughs) you you made a a solo show this year yes i did i how'd that go oh it was so much so many feelings so yeah, many because what, what a completely different like you go from creating this wonderful ensemble thing and then it's back back to like solo stuff yeah. which you had been doing yeah, that start? Yeah, yeah i know well at least i had a director for no, this helpful, um but yeah. yeah i felt like i i found a little bit of a um i think a coping mechanism that i was using in generally hospital was like sort of hiding in the ensemble like feeling a comfort mm. in like writing scenes, but then not giving myself the biggest role, mm. giving that to somebody else. Like, um, and ag- again, at the time, really feeling like, oh, this makes sense because the main character in this has to sing or has to do this. I'll give it to the person who can do that. Right. And then kind of realized over the run, like, oh, am I doing that though just because I'm scared to right. be in the spotlight too much? Am I doing, again, is this a defense You, you have mechanism? to tell the bus driver you're on there. I know, <laughs> and I don't want to. He's a nice man. <laughs> <laughs> he means well. He didn't mean to lock a small child on board. I mean, it's part of his job to check the bus. It sure is. And he definitely... I wasn't all the way back. He really only had to walk, like, halfway back. I'm sure he's I was, the bathroom. I'm sure he's going to get a snack, and he'll be back. Um, Maybe after Jeopardy's done. He'll be... But now you're on the bus ride of life. Of life. And I'm the driver and the passenger, and I always check the bus before I get off. But yeah, I just thought like it would be an interesting way to to sort of challenge that that coping mechanism is right. like I can't hide. I can't. There's a bunch I, of videos. <laughs> um, talk amongst yourselves. This next part's vulnerable. Is anyone um, here saying? Does any, anyone, please. Um, this sounds like clown now, but it's not. Um, but also, I also had always really wanted to do a Fringe tour. While working for Fringe, I, um, I would meet all these people who just like all summer go around touring to different Fringes. Mm-hmm. And usually they would do it with a solo show or maybe a duo because it's so much cheaper to travel. Yeah, you're not with a group. Yeah. Yeah. You can't make any profit with like a big, big group unless you're like hitting like sellout runs in every city. Right. So um, I thought, well, one, maybe again, maybe this is a, a kind of, you know, limitation I need to test. And also I've always wanted to do a fringe tour. I'm done my PhD now. I have a day job where I have enough money to go on a fringe tour. Like this is it. Like I should do now it now. time to do it. Yeah, and and I thought um, there was um, a podcast I listened to years ago that uh, I think it was Aisha Tyler's podcast or something like that when um, somebody was talking about trying a thing a bit late in life when but but finally getting the courage to try it and they thought I don't want to be 
on my deathbed thinking, what if I tried? Right. And I remember that just hitting me like a ton of, what if I just tried? Yeah. And ever since then, almost every time I want to try something and it's a little scary, I'm just like, well, but what if, like, what if it goes well? Yeah. Like, what if I, what would, I don't know what will happen if exactly. I. Exactly. So, yeah, so then I, um, and I've been doing some storytelling shows around town and enjoyed those and thought, well, maybe I'll do a kind of storytelling show. Um, and uh, then hired um, Kat Latwin to be my director, right. who um, definitely uh, kiboshed the idea of me just standing behind, safely behind a microphone <laughs> and telling stories like, no, acting, <laughs> actual acting, blocking, moving around. Yeah. And I was like, why? That no, like okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, she, she was like, um, wonderful and uh, really did yeah it saved it from being a, another solitary long solitary theater experience right and it also again um, I think I mentioned earlier that in undergrad I was having a hard time forming mentor relationships and then I again when I started working with directors the same thing would happen where I again I don't think any directors didn't like me but I would be very polite I would work right. very hard but I would also again I think work too hard to sort of maintain professional boundaries. I wouldn't chit chat. I wouldn't I got you. try to be friends. I wouldn't yeah, invite. It sounds like you kept them at like a dis- like a distance of yeah. like it sounds like a status distance. Like well, you're yeah, the, you're the director. We're not friends. I'm not gonna. Yeah, exactly. I would never dream of uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, using up your precious free time. Right. Um, but be and I realized like again I thought that that was just like what you do and I was like well I'm but all these other people are forming these great working relationships with the directors and I never am. And I thought again, another way to push this limitation, if I'm the only actor there in the room, right. kind of have to form a connection with <laughs> your director. Have to talk to her. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to <laughs> chit chat a little. Um, oh, good and thing cats like lovely to talk to. So yeah. lovely. In fact, um, I think the only thing I would change if we ever worked again is probably get a stage manager to keep us on topic. <laughs> Cause <laughs> we would, yeah, we would go, but then sometimes under those tangents come right. a good thing to go in the show. For sure. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, and so yeah, then I went to three cities so far. I have one mm. more city to go to cool. this summer. And, um, where'd you go? Yeah. <laughs> I went to Regina first, Ooh. which was lovely. Uh, I've never been there before. Didn't have any expectations going in had a great time nice um it felt like fringe summer camp like oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds like fun yeah because yeah. all the venues are so close together oh, you're just constantly nice. running into people from the other shows right. and flyering next to them and you just like get a chance to chat with people oh, nice uh and then and then i went to hamilton the hammer yeah. the hammer and hamilton was harder not for any reasons that had to do with the organization of the festival, that was great. Um, but I think that I I just over exerted myself, got exhausted, was like eating badly and just feeling kind of crappy the whole time. And were you based here and doing your show over there? Yeah, and I was tough. still like working yeah. my day job while going. Oh, like, yeah. I What's your day job? I work at a community center okay. or, um, and doing like uh, I work in the access and inclusion department oh, nice. and do programming and. Uh, track grants and stuff like that. Perfect. It's fun. Yeah, it's it's a nice way. Like it's separate enough from the rest of my life that I don't feel like I'm constantly work. Right. But also, it's enough common ground of like you know lots of arts things and yeah. um, community based stuff. So it feels like also it's I am interested in what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, you which feel is nice. yeah satisfied. That, yeah, uh, that you're helping people. Yeah. But it is also yeah, it's hard to go to a forty hour a week job and then 
go to a fringe. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. Yeah, it, that takes you an hour to get there and an yeah. hour to get back at the best of times. Yeah, I was gonna say in good traffic. Yes. <laughs> well, we ended up um, going quite early any day we could just to get um, uh, just just to avoid the traffic. But then you're just like kind of hanging out there right. for hours. You don't have a home base there. Right. You're just going from coffee shop to coffee shop. Like, yeah. please don't make me leave. Wow. We should have told you. Are you a vegetarian? Yes. Oh, we'll never find out. <laughs> but also, I am um, uh, 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 unrelated anecdote to the arts part. But I did. I have like um, slowly realized that I can't have gluten. I'm not sure if it's celiac yeah, yet or okay. not. But I think I was still kind of in denial while on tour. So I was just like eating more than I should have in Hamilton and just feeling bad the whole nice. time. And that'll do a number on your mood for sure. And also, I was, again, trying to avoid reviews, but it's a weird thing. I'm still trying to figure out what I, what the healthiest relationship to reviews is, because mm. also completely not reading them, you're in this weird, like, um, Schrodinger's box of, like, I know they're out there. Are yeah. they good? Are they bad? Everyone else knows. Yeah. yeah. And so you just, and you kind of feel like everyone you're hanging out with knows, and they're just not telling me, probably because they're bad. Right. And it's... I'm like, so halfway through, I was like, should I just read them? I don't freaking know. Did you? Not during the Uh, run. I would think after. After, but also, like, I think, um, I don't know. I'm still, like, trying to figure out what's the healthiest way. Like, because absolutely just not even knowing if they're good or not also felt really weird and felt like. Some people like to use them because if you get a good pull quote, then it'll help you promote the show. I did, I did, I I got, uh, you know, Tyra Sweet. Yes. Uh, lovely human being now a host on YTV. I know. It's great. It's good for her. I know. It's that, like as soon as I saw that, I was like, yes, perfect, exactly. Yes. Um, but she did a lot of. Uh, she helped me out with a lot of PR this summer. Like oh, kept great. an eye on out for reviews while I was in mm. those cities, oh, so that she smart. could post them, and I could just sort of stay off social media. And so if she if there's a good pull quote, she could take it. Put it yeah, I don't have to yeah. wait till after the festival to put it up. She can oh, put it up immediately. That's smart. Um, but again, I'm just like, ah, being in the dark about them also felt weird. So right. I'm still sort of figuring out, here's the thing. I actually like, I'm not one of those performers who's like, rev- critics are parasites. Like they're like no, folk yeah. reviews. I do believe it's in criticism. Like, yeah. People need yeah. to know what to go see. Like, Well, and also I just think a well-written review can be amazing. Like I've, sure. I've learned about movies and and theater pieces from reviews. I think that's what a good review can do is actually not just like tear something down or promote it, but can help you see cool things in it you wouldn't have seen otherwise because that person has seen more theater. So they can point out, look, this scene is doing this cool thing you didn't even realize it was doing. And I'll be like, awesome, I'm going to go see that again to notice it. Uh, So I love criticism, but... And I wish that it didn't affect me, but it really will bum right. me out. Even yeah. if it's good, it'll right. we, it'll just like throw. I don't know. My brain can't handle it. No, it's it's a weird thing to put yourself out there and be like, guys, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, like write me a little write what, up about do it. Do you like? <laughs> like I always um I kept doing this motion of like mime reaching into my heart, like reaching into my chest, pulling out my yeah. heart and showing it to people and being like, do you like it? Yeah. And people are like, God, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Especially with a, a one person show, there's no uh, yeah. other excuse. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, they, they probably just didn't like this other act or they probably didn't like the writing. I wrote it right. as well. Yeah. It's all, it's all on you. And, and so that I, I, 
Yeah, yeah. Let's face it. If I was just standing behind my microphone the whole time, none of this would happen. Then I'll never get hurt again. (laughs) Um, So it's, I also like a weird thing I had to stop myself from doing is running away right after the show. Mm. Because I'm so bad at doing that at improv shows. Like I will finish my show and boot it out of there. Why is that? Is that because you're like busy or is it because you're avoiding Avoiding criticism? Like I'm so worried if I stay around then I'll like see in people's eyes that Uh. they didn't like the scene I did. (laughs) (laughs) That they'll like have you ever been like you you exit with another person that was in the show somebody comes up to them says good job looks at you and goes hi and leaves. More more in stand up than anything else. (laughs) Stand up. You were great. You were so good. Hey, hey! <laughs> she, oh. You were also there, Bye. Oh, and you're like, oh, like that hurt real bad. And, and you, <laughs> yeah, you see them clock you. You see them recognize you, and then decide not to say anything. So I, I was running away right after this show. Um, like I would, you know, do the curtain call speech, right. be like, go see other shows. Thank you for coming, blah, blah, blah. But then I would just like boot it to go get changed and take down my set and stuff. Uh, right. And of course, like by the time I leave the theater 15 minutes later, oh, everyone's yeah. gone. Yeah. So, and I felt because of that, I felt like, well, I'm not reading reviews. I'm not talking to right. my audience. Not getting I, any feedback. I really am not connected to how anyone is feeling about this show. Right. So I did, um, th- and this sounds very capitalistic. It also is. I started selling buttons after the show. But it forced me to stay around right. and talk to people. Like, cause I, and also to, I think a lot of audience members are also would like to say something, but are shy. Yeah. yeah. And so if they have a little re like a reason they can come up like, Oh, I'm just buying a button. Also, I liked the show. Exactly. Or also yeah. I have a question about the right. show or something. So I started doing that and I did find, cause my show does have a lot to do with anxiety mm-hmm. um, that, that people who are, did seem a little more quiet, a little more timid were more likely to come up. And say like, oh, that reminds me of me in high school. Right. Or something. And then quickly run away. <laughs> and they'd be like, goodbye forever. Thank you so much. <laughs> and just hear them like me <laughs> screaming down the street of Hamilton. I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that helped a bit. But again, yeah, Hamilton was hard just because I wasn't I wasn't feeling well. I was right. there. The um, the um, I don't know how gross you like to get on this show because I can tell you a no, mildly we, gross story. We could go gross. Yeah, we could go gross. Like so, diarrhea gross? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> so on the last day of Hamilton Fringe, right up until my show, I was just like, like running to the bathroom constantly because oh, no. again, I'd probably eaten some gluten and was in right. denial that oh. I can't have gluten and was just like feeling bad, taking uh. all these ginger pills to try and <laughs> uh, sort out my stomach. And then finally was like, okay, I'm starting to feel, I was feeling better enough that I'm like, I'm going to do the show. It's going to be fine. This is my last show here. It's an hour long. I'll be okay. Oh, no. Don't, I, I will, I'll, you know what? I'm going to just put out there. I do not shit myself in this story. <laughs> um, so. I was worried. I was like, what will happen? I can't just leave the show. I don't, I don't exit the stage at any point. <laughs> so I get on stage. I'm doing the show. It's like, it's a weird audience. Not because they're not laughing, and but they're just, they, they've spaced themselves in the auditorium right. quite weird. Almost everyone else is like, Four rows back, except for two people, front row, right center. There. 
Um, we won't hear any bowel yeah. movements. <laughs> we'll hear any subtle farts. Um, <laughs> it was like, I think a mother-daughter. They were like okay. about that age. And again, they're like, they seem to be liking the show. They were smiling, laughing. But every once in a while, they just like whisper something to each other. I like, think she's so hot. <laughs> and Did you smell that? Did you smell that? Um, so my first thought whenever I see anyone in the audience whisper is, my fly's down. Oh. So, um, so I did a, I, I suddenly waited till a point in the show in which I like had have to look down anyways took a look and was like nope it is not i'm fine <laughs> they're just you know they're just chatty with each other right. that's fine but then also that i was getting you know it's it's hot in most theaters yep. in the summer the hamilton was brutally hot and i'm wearing a hoodie in my show because oh, i picked the costume it's my <laughs> fault um so i am like i'm sweating Good like i can feel show, yeah <laughs> uh, i can feel sweat like running down my arms my legs and then again they keep whispering to each other oh no and then I start and then I like feel I can't believe I'm telling this story. I I feel like there's something in my pants. Oh, God. I'm like remember I told you guys I don't trust. Yeah, I know, but story. you could have lied. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be? You me? tricked us into this. It's a poo story. I, I every podcast I go on, I trick them into letting me tell a poo story. Um, but you know, but the feeling like you know when there's like a sock stuck to the inside of your yeah. pants because of static or something like yeah. from the laundry. It felt like that, but I was like, no, that can't be that because I've been wearing these pants all week. Toilet paper. It turned out like it was nothing. Oh. It was just oh. I think the Psychic sweat, the sweat paper. running down oh, the inside. It felt. Yeah. But all of a sudden I was like, "Am I shitting myself? <laughs> Am I currently, oh, no. without feeling it, because I'm so sick at this point? Yeah. Like, am I just?" really shitting myself without even noticing oh my god and so i keep trying to find places in the show where i can sit down and just feel the inside of my pant leg to be like does that feel like shit in there does that feel like i'm shitting i wasn't it was all just paranoia literally caused by an upset stomach and two people whispering in the audience anxiety baby and fully 10 minutes of that show thank god i was like i knew it so well i was running on autopilot But I was not thinking about, I was, uh, who knows how bad that that 10 minutes of performance was. Because that entire time I'm like, you know, telling these heartfelt stories from childhood. And inside I'm like, my shitting, my pants, right? fascinating the brain is capable of doing that though. It's wild. Like you're you're saying something and it's meaningful and it's emotional, but in the background you're like, there's shit working on my legs for sure. There's for sure diarrhea leaking down there. (laughs) And again, I became pretty convinced like, no, no, I'm not. Like I would know. <laughs> but I still wasn't sure until I got to the bathroom after the show. I was like, I, did I not knew it. I didn't. <laughs> like, gold star for Grace didn't shit her. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Where's that review? <laughs> yeah. And, and then she uh, bravely didn't shit her pants. <laughs> a friend of mine said that I should put up, like, in the show's content warnings, like, you know, some mention, some swearing, some sexual mention. Performer may shit herself. <laughs> At any moment. The any moment. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the kind of weird anxiety thoughts well, that have. Interesting. Wow. And I think it's a nice lead into the question that we often ask, which might have come up via the discussion about anxiety that sort of sprinkled the whole <laughs> chat we've had so far. Is there is there something that that you struggle with in particular in your in your art form? Like, I mean, the show's called the Constant Struggle, so we're so, usually like, "What's I'm, the?" I'm shocked this has come up. <laughs> <laughs> I know at this point in the conversation. <laughs> Um, I struggle really badly with comparing myself ah. to other people, which I'm sure... Comparisonitis. Yeah. Comparisonitis. <laughs> really, mix is real bad with imposters. Yeah. Um, it's Anxiety. Some, it's something, like, I've worked on a lot to get rid of, and it's better, but 
oh boy, when it rears its ugly head, yeah. it's you can't think it away. You can't like journal it away. No. It's like it, it doesn't help that we're in like this sort of social media dependent like world where it's like every single day you're seeing everybody do everything and oh yeah. no big deal i just landed the job of your mm. dreams you yeah <laughs> remember this audition you auditioned for or this commercial it. you auditioned for i got it you're like great <laughs> i liken it to like um it's like you're walking down the street looking at pleasant buildings and mm-hmm. stuff like that like you know when you're scrolling through instagram you're just like oh somebody's cat that's yes. nice oh somebody had a nice family dinner that's a... and then every once in a while you're just walking down this nice street looking at things and somebody punches you in the face i wasn't expecting that and i wasn't ready <laughs> couldn't even tense my like myself to accept the ch- yeah, and it can make you feel so shit like so quick yeah and you're also like Again, you don't want to feel that. No. You want to be happy for yes. your colleagues. You want to be happy for your friends. But it's, it, yeah, it's, and you don't even know which ones will hit you. Like, sometimes right. I'll see somebody got a thing and I'll be like, good for that. Like, yeah. I literally, no feelings of jealousy, no comparison. Right. And then other times, seemingly, like, with no particular difference between them, I'll just be yeah. like, I'm going to go cry yeah. for an hour. Right. It'll be unrelated. It'll be like something else your brain is processing. Yeah, as I was saying, it could be like the mood you're in at the time, or, yeah. you know, like the, the painful shit you might have just taken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already feeling <laughs> vulnerable. There was real gluten at some point. Yeah. Um, I think, like, actually, um, uh, an interesting thing that's come up um, in, in just me kind of talking this out with people mm-hmm. is that. I feel like um, I get especially jealous of people who seem... Um, podcasts? I know. Oh my <laughs> god, how do I get one? Somebody give me a podcast. Um, I'm constantly Free putting out on... <laughs> you just I'm constantly putting out on Twitter, like, we'll be on your podcast. Please have me. If anyone's listening to this. Um, I, like... Um, I, I, I'll give the background to this before saying what these people that I'm jealous of, because it does sound mean. <laughs> um, but I, I think I have a long, like, one of my anxieties is feeling like um, that I don't have enough, like, talent or skill for people to want me around solely for that. They'll want me around because I'm responsible oh, and nice. I show up on time. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. I really hang on to those things. Mm feeling like like of being the punctual one being the one who did their homework yeah. being the one who came with cookies for everyone ah. because i feel like um that's people are not keeping me around because i bring enough like talent but they're keeping me around because i'm not trouble to keep right. around like I'll, I'll i'm like almost like i can just slide under the radar and be like no one knew i was in this show but i was <laughs> and we're like we didn't notice she was in the show because she was never late right um she and didn't cause any problems at all exactly the right. best thing about grace is she caused no problems right. uh and yeah, that's grace it is a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are all that good things thing. that you're yeah. doing and I and that's the th- is um the other day my therapist said to me you do all the right things but for the wrong reasons uh, and I was like I feel exposed <laughs> and yeah because it's a yeah. good thing but if that's the if that's why you think that's exactly. the only reason why you know, yeah. yeah yeah that yeah. just being yeah. late one day will get me kicked out because no, that was the only yeah. so because of that I feel especially sensitive to people who I know. Are maybe a little messier. Right, in their right. lives. I'm sorry, I, I, I hard agree with. Oh, good. <laughs> and because I'm not because I even am like so mad at them for being late to a rehearsal right. one day, but because to me that just proves this fear I have mm. that other people have enough talent 
that they can be late sometimes and be messy human beings and people will like their Mm -hmm. work enough to still work with them. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I couldn't do I that. I worked so fucking hard. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like if, I w- if I showed up late as many times as they did, I would get kicked out of this show. Right. Or if I had like a, yeah, like a negative attitude or if I, you know, showed yeah. up one day and, yeah. Yeah, no, sure. but those people are carrying. Yeah, th- those are bad marks against them. So. <laughs> well, part of me is like also has to wonder because oftentimes I have that impression of them from maybe one interaction or right. maybe one project I work. I'm I always have to remind myself like you don't know what they were like exactly. on this other project. Yeah. Uh, you don't know like may you know it could be one offs and stuff. Yeah, like that. it could have been they were going through a hard time when I worked with them. Like I I'm really trying to kind of practice more empathy in that right. way that like not assume they're just doing that because they know they can get away with it but yeah. they like again that they have shit going right. on Everybody, or bad yeah. management time, time management yeah skills. or maybe they're That's, like it's hard <laughs> and maybe yeah they're, they're just still working on that aspect yeah. Yeah. of their of their professional kind of demeanor yeah and especially in this business where it's certainly not like it's not there's never going to be like this is fair because you've been on time so many times <laughs> therefore you get this part yeah. no it's always like you know oh well yeah. I saw this person last night and I needed somebody last minute and she was there so I gave it to her yeah, like, yeah. I, there was no way you could plan uh, that kind of no thing. one knows right. that Kate McKinnon got on SNL because she was on time for every audition <laughs> yeah <laughs> and brought it. cookies yeah brought cookies for everyone Lauren's favorite cookies <laughs> <laughs> and do? they were all late for lunch so they were very pleased right <laughs> um but uh, yeah, it's that's it's it's a thing that I'm not, you know, I don't feel good about because one again, you yeah. don't want to feel jealous. It's not a nice feeling, and I'm working on it. But I do waste a lot of I think mental energy. I understand, yeah, yeah, and it's stuff you can, yeah, that definitely that sounds definitely like stuff I would be writing in my CBT journal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, like oh, you got to take this person. You got a thing that I wanted. <laughs> it's like you weren't even like you're two you're in two different worlds. You know what I yeah. mean? Like of consideration. It's not. It's not about one thing, but you, you put it on yourself. Like, oh, it was between her and me, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, there's millions of people. Exactly. Yeah, and there's tons of people who are trying to get the same thing or trying to do the same thing, and it's impossible yeah. to, yeah. People aren't, yeah, people aren't thinking about it the same way you are. They're not going, like, I uh, checked the list of every <laughs> improviser in Toronto who is secretly interested in this show but has never actually expressed right. it. Right. <laughs> That's the thing I also have to remind myself is right. that, um, a lot of the things I secretly want, I never told that producer right. I wanted to be on that show. I, and I think yeah. that's a lot of that's something that women in particular. Oh my god, this just lit up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's like, what is happening down there? You're very uh, popular. Uh, and... No, it's the same person. Oh, she okay. obviously has a problem with me. Anyway, no, that's anxiety. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I think that might be a thing with them women in general as well because like I'll often have conversations with people I want to say like newer improvisers especially because that's sort of the people I deal with the most uh, teaching yeah. <laughs> not just like showing up at level eight parties like hey guys what's why up? are you guys <laughs> always rookies I don't understand uh, but but it's a lot of like oh how do I get on this show and it's like well did and you ask the person and they're like I don't know if I feel right but it's like no you have to because everybody else is doing it yeah. and like certainly like of all the people as somebody who has produced shows uh, of all the shows that I produce like you wouldn't believe how many times men over women ask to be on the show like oh my god n- women never yeah. ask to be on the show men yeah. are always like hey can I do it it's like you've never seen the show before yeah. I don't even know who you've you are you've taken one drop in exactly. class exactly like I don't know you and you've reached out to me yeah, but, like, it's alright exactly yeah. but women <laughs> can I go do this yeah <laughs> sometimes women have to be be like given permission and be like no you're you can you, talk to this more 
times than not, the producer is probably like, hey, I need an improviser and I know who to ask, right? If you're just like, can I do it? They'd be like, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or even they'll like, uh, they'll like keep you in the back of their mind exactly. for next time. Yeah. They, like almost never have I actually like, you know, been told no yeah. by a producer. Like there's, it's only me right. talking myself mm. out of approaching show or being, or, or overworking myself. So I actually then don't leave myself enough time to go to a show and right. introduce myself and bloody blue to blah. The whole, the yeah. whole process. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, a lot of anxiety in there, Grace. Oh, yeah. This feels like therapy. Uh, <laughs> I can't, we can't fix anything. We can oh, put you on yeah. <laughs> This is the not able to fix you fan <laughs> The one that we have to give in every improv class, too. Yeah. Oh, well, so yeah, that's, good. we're yeah, not. But that, that's something is, you could teach the improv kids, like, get that out there especially for the uh, the women students right like you have to put yourself out there and tell them that you want to be in shows and... right exactly yeah it's like um you do a little improv of like practice going oh up my, to a producer yeah. oh my God. <laughs> like what does that look like well here's the scene yeah. let's run a scenario this is how it might go yeah can i please do your improv show no fuck you <laughs> you're a bad person and i hate you now. <laughs> only if you're there on time perfect <laughs> But yeah, I, I I have started like yeah you know, taking those those shots more and just trying to apply for stuff and also real like a thing I wish someone had told me way earlier mm-hmm. um, is that most of the time when you first apply for a thing yes you will be underqualified for it and that's okay yeah. no one like you might not get it but no one's like you are now blacklisted yeah. for yeah. ever applying for this thing there's a lot of that there's a history of that too right in, yeah. in your stories of like yeah you're not shunned once you do a thing once you apply for no. a thing you can try if at first you don't succeed yeah like i um i when i was i was in academia, when I was teaching a class, um, I took a class to see a show at Summerworks. Okay. And we were doing a little sort of informal talk back with one of the actors in it who I happened to know because he was also doing his PhD. Gotcha. Um, and then he called over, I forget if it was the playwright or one of the producers, just somebody he, he knew from that from working on that show as well. I was like, oh, come talk to this class. That guy came over, ended up being somebody on the like Ontario Arts Council or oh, something nice. like that, who then answered so many questions mm. about applying for grants. Right. And I was just like shoving kids out of the way. Like <laughs> I will, I have questions about this, <laughs> but he, he said, um, it's okay to apply before you're ready because that just puts you on our radar. Like right. we know who you are, even if we can't give it to you this year, we just know that you're there. You exist. Yeah, yeah. And that, that just puts you on our radar to see how your applications develop over the years. And just like, uh, it helps you practice writing them. Sure. Like, mm-hmm. that's a thing I did. I was always waiting for the project I was ready on, realizing I should have been practicing writing that's these. That's a good call, yeah. Yeah, you know, applications. Uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, for the most part, as long as you are, again, polite and, and applying for something you are at least in the realm of, no one's gonna come to your house and be like, you're banned from theater yeah. and comedy forever applying you know for this. What it is about, like, about, about, you know, us with anxiety uh that we that we fear the worst like in it you yeah know? when it's like it's it's the it's just a grant yeah. yeah like the amount of times every day as an adult i think i don't want anyone to yell at me <laughs> like <laughs> like i'm a child oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, please no yeah sometimes i won't go like, to, like ordering this, this food like oh store. i gotta get my order down pat or else some guy in the line behind me is, oh why don't you know what big mac you're getting or 
Yeah. And then you'll because cry. I, yeah. and it's gonna be embarrassing. Uh, well, I don't know, like, but... like I don't like going to a Circle K near my house because I know they're gonna try to upsell me. Oh. oh and yeah, I don't want to have that. to. You know. Yeah. And I'm like I don't want to have to fucking deal with that. I just want to get my chocolate bar <laughs> out of yeah. here. You know. It's so funny. Like I will. I avoid this coffee shop near my house. I avoided them for a solid six months because I had an awkward encounter <laughs> one day with a new person when I I went and ordered my thing I always order. But I think it's like a, a, it's not a super popular item on the. It's like a yogurt and fruit bowl. Okay. Um and uh, and 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 but it's called on the menu. It's just like muesli. Right. So I went in, ordered that, and she just looked at me like I was, like I just said pure <laughs> nonsense. I was like, "You'll have the what?" And I was like, "Oh no!" I became suddenly like, "Maybe it's never been on the menu." <laughs> like, maybe. What did I just say? <laughs> and so I just like pointed. Have I my pants? <laughs> Am I? Currently pooping myself. I pointed at the menu. I was like, "The mu- it's right, it's behind yeah. you." And she was like, looked at the menu. Was like, "The what?" Oh, and God. I was like, "I was I'm getting so." <laughs> I wanted to be like, "Abort! Oh, I, I'll go somewhere else. It's fine." Disappear. Yeah. Like, anxiety smoke bombs <laughs> need to exist. They sure do, and they need to transport you safely back to your yes. bed. <laughs> Under the blanket. Yeah. Uh, finally, like another staff member came over and was like, said to me, "What do you want?" I was like, "I remember being, I just oh, want muesli," and he was like, said to the new person, like, "Yeah, here it is on the cash." And, and she was, went, <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I learned that we all have We're things. All like, in it. We're yeah, all in it. but it's weird uh, the amount of things we talk ourselves out oh, of yeah. that are actually like fine or might yeah. have been a great opportunity. Yeah, I guess it's one of these things where you just have to keep reminding yourself to be present and turn off that bad voice that tells you this is how it's gonna go, and it's like it has no idea. It has yeah. no idea. Like I think the only the only way we should limit ourselves in what we kind of you know apply for or put ourselves out there and just is in literally like how much time and energy do you have in the week? Right. So obviously you can't apply for everything. Right. You do have to do a bit of like what am I most likely to get? Yeah. But um, you yeah you can't you could talk yourself out of doing anything. Yeah. If you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, and as much as staying in bed forever sounds nice. No, you get achy. You get achy, and you, the bed, it starts to smell bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least get a bed. shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least wa- run the run the sheets through the washer every yeah, once in a right. while. Good advice. Yeah. Good advice. Um, do you have any, any projects or anything coming up that you would like to let the 12 Viewers? listeners know? <laughs> <laughs> a show that I help uh help produce uh feels like a strong word there's um but like am, am part of a super hot date night which has just for the month of september become a monthly show at oh, bad yay. dog theater bad and dog maybe night. if that went well when you're listening to this it will still be a monthly show so come on it's 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 a really fun show we get like dating stories from the audience and then oh. improvise them oh, oh my god come to the show yeah. it's great every for for saturday and maybe onwards um every friday night at 9 30 oh, um every i'm also um um i have uh a silly cat video online called uh the series is called things with cats this video is called cooking with cats it's uh like a cooking show about how to cook i, cats show, I did a similar thing oh yeah i'm gonna show you um, used to have a podcast not podcast web series called cat chats so amazing <laughs> i would like to see that um and we just filmed and like are almost done editing the second episode of this this one is manicures with cats oh, cute. uh and th- that directed by uh lee cameron of oh. of generally hospital as well and yes. second city main stage and a million things so that will be coming out soon look out for that otherwise i'm just work- writing some stuff 
finishing uh, my fringe tour, going to Kelowna. I'll be there this month. Fun. Yes, I've never been there before, That's so that'd great. be nice. And um, just trying to get enough sleep. Mm. <laughs> and stay hydrated. Oh my goodness, I forget to drink water so often. Finish my last. Underrated too. Get a drink of water. Oh, I think that I was dehydrated through all of high school. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. Probably. I had yeah. a headache the whole time. Mm. I used to get really. Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. Do you guys, this about we could take water. this off the pod, but do you ever, like, take a, a big gulp of water and then, like, sweat immediately? Like, your <laughs> body was going, oh, God, I was holding this in. Thank oh, you, finally. Yeah, we thought we were going to need that. Oh, really? You should see a doctor. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, don't look at WebMD. <laughs> no, it's like, you've got several cancers. No. Oh, God. Jeez, you took it so dark. That's where several. <laughs> Um, you have every cancer. All of the cancers. Okay, I'm very obsessed with Succession. If I wanted to oh. plug something that I have no involvement in, you should all be watching Succession. It's a very good show. Okay. Yeah. And I have Crave now, so I can watch HBO things as soon as they come out. Uh, have you watched Billions? I haven't watched Billions yet, should I? Such a good show. Yeah. Okay. Is that first Barry? Oh, yeah. Well, good. yeah. Yeah. Am I um, weirdly attracted to him I love Bill Hader. I'm yeah. sorry. Not just in that show, but for He's, sure in that show. <laughs> I'm Trainwreck is where yeah. I uh, also fell in love with him. Stefan. Stefan. Stefan's great. Um, but yeah, he's um, he's great. Oh, Barry's so, the, some of the weird little observations. He about, like hasn't watched and I keep trying to get. I won't. I, I won't do spoilers. I but some of the weird little observations. Do you know. one month of Crave for free. Yeah, I know. You I'm, can watch the whole thing. Anyway. Upon the yeah. month, it'll be during winter. Sometime. Yeah, right. plus if you don't get the like extra HBO and movies package, it's like ten bucks a month or something oh, like that. Go. But uh, yeah, some of the weird little observations about like the theater. World oh my god, that, it's oh. so so on point. Yeah, <laughs> like when um what was it uh, at Barry and Sally? They're like, oh, we're gonna do. Uh, a production of Zoo Story, but switch roles every night, and then the other character is not a theater person. It's just like why? Yeah, and they don't have any like that. You just see that no one has ever asked them that before, <laughs> and it made it reminded me of so many terrible theater projects I did when I was younger, where I made them needlessly complicated. For I'd be like, let's have a different cast every night, and no one just asked me why. Why? And then I'd be mid production, be like, this was a terrible idea. This is why so, didn't someone ask me why? why? Why didn't anyone just be like? Please Please. No, don't I don't make want this, to. Don't That's make this hard. <laughs> Just stop. Just stop. Yeah. Get out of theater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then they would have been like, you're banned from theater. We hate oh, you yeah. forever. We're telling your parents. <laughs> and you're like, oh, finally, I knew it. I so knew it. it. <laughs> I just needed permission to get thrown out. But yeah. is the fear like that? Is the fear like I'll have to I go back home wrong. and I'll have it's to It's from our education scratch. system from the get-go. It's yeah. programmed in. If you're um, wrong, you're, you're bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- you, you put things like kind of like, Oh, if something about it is bad, it's all bad. Mm. And if oh, yeah, it's a dichotomy. Yeah. There's no yeah. great. Yeah. I think it's either good yeah. or bad. Oh, um, yeah. I remember, like, I'll tell you why my uh, my therapist told me that I do all the right things for the wrong reasons. Um, and I hope if she's ever listening to this, know that she's actually she saying this <laughs> in much more nuanced phrasing than I'm about to, and she's amazing. But um, we were talking about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Okay. And the idea that growth is like, even if you fail at something, you're, you're like, oh, I can still get better at this, though. Yeah. Maybe I'm not good enough yet, but I will be. Whereas Fix is like, well, I failed, so I'm bad at I'm just inherently right. bad oh, right. at this. I've and, heard that one before. <laughs> and, and she's like, so, and she's like, here's the thing. You, you work so hard. Like, you are constantly trying to improve. 
so that's like you're doing the actions of a growth mindset, but actually they're to stave off the fears of a fixed mindset mm. because you're actually like afraid that you are just inherently bad. Right. And so you're trying to stave that off by being like taking another class, right. signing up for another thing. Like trying to do all the things. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want the fixed mindset to right. be true. But it isn't. But it, I mean, yeah. yeah, and it's one of those things. Like I intellectually do not believe that's true. I I really do believe that ever. Like I think anyone can get pretty good at anything if they put in enough time. Right. Um. Obviously, some people are inherent. Like like initially better or worse. Like right. have a bit of a knack for something. Mm-hmm. But I do believe I've seen people who started off as terrible actors, like not funny at all, become really great because they worked so hard. Right. But um. But yeah, I do. I think you know sometimes you do have that back of the mind fear. Of like, but what if I'm the exception? <laughs> um, so when she said that, I was like, oh, I feel, I feel, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> you see right through me. Mm-hmm. Cut to the core. Yeah. <laughs> just like, as I swirl my um, goblet of sherry, just like, well, well, well. Uh, I see my soul has been read. <laughs> yeah, you're, you finally have earned your pay. And she's like, been coming to me for two years finally finally Uh, Uh, i love how into the conversation your kid is my cat therapist uh she she likes listening to people talk like um when when uh leet's practicing singing she'll just kind of just like listen um she also that we just got this chair and (laughs) it's hers she loves it she especially likes this blanket because I think she feels like you can't see her. <laughs> She's it's on it. Camouflage. Awesome. Um, smart kitty. Yeah, she told she married in pretty. <laughs> I'm trying to make her internet famous. She has her own Instagram. Cute. Uh, I can't get her above 150 followers. Uh, so, but I would love to monetize. <laughs> if I can just like little bub style live off my cat. <laughs> Love well, to. you just have to remove the teeth so that her tongue sticks out yeah. all the time, right? I don't want to go full grumpy cat style. I do. No. I feel like that cat was grumpy. a little exploited. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, she, she, uh, oh. grumpy cat is a proud woman yeah. and also dead. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Grumpy cat. Um, oh, she's sleepy. <laughs> all right, uh, this was lovely. Thank you for thank, thank you. you for Grace. Grace. <laughs> Uh, this is the uh, fun cat uh, wordplay. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yay! And all the best in your future project. Thank you, and you as well. Thanks. What do you have to say, Nick? You look like you're no. I've it's like a pencil. Okay. Yeah. No, that was good. Okay. That was a enjoyable ride. You want to play struggle on with us? Struggle on. Struggle on. Struggle on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the audience. Polite clap. <laughs> start with, start ending with the golf clap. We started well, that was great. Yeah, what an awesome interview. Yay. I know. I was stuck between interview and episode. I said interview. Intersode. Intersode with mm. Grace Smith. Enjoy Intersode. Uh, be sure to check out uh, our page because we're going to show you all of grace's uh, social media information so you could follow her and like all of her awesome product products projects mm-hmm. all of her awesome projects there you go there it is uh and you could also follow us uh, <gasps> what? Uh, us? I know, us we've got twitter at struggle pod 
Instagram, also at StrugglePod. Which we gotta like, we gotta post some photos. On yeah, that. we're gonna. Po- you gotta send me that photo of oh. us and Grace, and I hope some of her cats are in there. At least one. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to see. But yeah. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at our at the Constant Struggle Podcast. Uh, we'll also have a discussion post about this episode so if there was anything that resonated in this uh, episode that you want to comment on feel free to comment let's chat about the episode uh let's uh, wait where does that happen at on facebook Ah. in the facebook group it's a brand new group well brand new as of two episodes ago all right and you can just chat about what you liked what you had questions about if you want to reach out to grace specifically and have her answer maybe she will mm-hmm. but i can't promise anything because <laughs> she lives her own life yay yeah, that's true okay <laughs> well thanks so much for listening and struggle on struggle on i don't know why i said it that way oh. I've always loved it.